Sam Solid and the Nameless Podcast. It's me, your host, Sam and Forrest Butler. I'm here joined by two excellent human beings. First off, he's a familiar voice. He's been on the show a total of four times now. Four, count him four. Benjamin Eads. Hello. Again. Benjamin. And... I, I be, I be jamming, man. <laughs> and a new challenger approaches. Cue the Super Smash Brothers theme. do 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 JK. Uh, we're joined by Stuart. Stuart. Hello. <laughs> St- Stuart. It's me, Stuart Felstead. Stuart I, Donald Felstead. Stuart Donald Felstead, if you want to know my whole name, because that's not important. Well, we have <laughs> Sam Forrest Butler and Stuart Donald Felstead. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, so my middle name it was from my grandpa. Never met him. Oh. He died before I was born. But it was kind of a cool dude. So I just... What made him cool? Uh, he worked for Universal Studios. That would um, make him cool. Yeah, he did a lot of he did a lot of work. Uh, I can't remember if he was if he was a producer or uh, if he if I forget what type of work he did for the studio. It's a cool dude. He was an avid golfer. He had a stroke and mm-hmm. lost like he basically wasn't able to move the the left his left arm, but he still golfed with just one arm and killed it. Wow! Like he golfed better one armed than like any of my. Uh, my like my dad or his uncles did. Like, dude was metal. <laughs> the like, one-armed man. Yes. Yes, he was a tank. And his name is Forrest. Yeah, Forrest. Forrest, so. the one one-armed golfer. Yeah, yeah. Forrest. Yeah. It sounds like a western you could do. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I'm thinking of like a, a you know you know the song uh, uh, the Big Iron with the big iron on his hip. Yeah. Big iron on his hip. It's a nine iron. Like, yeah, that's what he's got on the- with a nine iron on his hip. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, one of, one of my good friends just had a kid and they named him Forrest. Oh, nice! It's a good yeah. name. It's just you know, it's always going to go back to Forrest Gump. I was about to say, totally. he gets old. I feel bad for his kid who ever is going to have to go play football or something. To yeah, dude. run, Forrest, run! Man, my mom going to happen. Man, my mom would always scream out, "Run, Forrest, run!" <laughs> When I played soccer, she would scream it out. When I played football, man, I, when I played football, I was like a lineman. Uh, <laughs> like I, our school was small, so you'd play both offense and offense mm-hmm. and defense. So like on defense, I would I played linebacker and and uh, D line and stuff like that, or, d- or defensive end, and like same thing. Run, Forrest, run! I'm like I don't even have the ball. Like I I don't need to run right now. Like <laughs> it's okay. Even when I was in track, track she didn't come to anything. She couldn't scream. I'd be uh, ticked because I was a thrower. If you would have screamed something while I threw, I would have been like, <laughs> "I will throw at you." Where are you? <laughs> I did. I did track for one semester or one year. I yeah. thought about it. I I didn't think about it. I'm lying. <laughs> not not even once did I think about. I did not track. put a conscious effort into not it. Not at all. Well, I played football my freshman year, and I played bench. Um, I wasn't very good. You put the Ben and bench. Yep, I put the Ben and bench. Um, and Somebody so then that's, that's freshman though. I didn't play my second year and my family kind of was athletes at the time. Like my dad's an athlete and both my older brothers were athletes. And so my dad was kind of mad at me that I kind of gave up on sports because, uh, like I'm, I'm six, five, 280 pounds. Like I'm a big dude. Like I yes. can play sports, but I have the coordination of like a limp noodle, <laughs> uh, limp. 
Go, you would be surprised not a limp, at what a limp noodle can do. Not a limp biscuit? Nope. It was a limp noodle. Uh, and I went back and looked at some of the sporting film that I have from my youth, and it's bad. <laughs> I am <laughs> terrible. And so he uh, he said, you got to do something. If you're not going to do basketball or football, I'm, I want you to do something. So you're going to go do track. I'm like, all right. Sure, I hate running and everything that is associated with track, and that was a very interesting yeah. year. Oh, but then the next next year I did yearbook, and so I was at all the sporting events anyways, and my dad thought that was a nice compromise. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's, I was it, involved in different ways. Yeah, it, it's tough because you, you get a lot of parents who, like, want your kids to be productive. You get the other parents who, like, want to live vicariously through, through their them. children. Yeah. You know, that that gets tough. Where you get the ones who complain about, Jimmy's not getting enough playing time. Yeah. Well, my dad just wanted me to be active. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah living through me. Yeah. He did always joke around, though, that uh, if he had a son that was my, my with my oldest brother's determination, mm-hmm. my other brother's a talent, and my size, he'd have himself an NBA basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can use, like, a Dragon Ball Z fusion type <laughs> of deal. <laughs> Honestly, between the personalities of all of my brothers and me, if that were to happen, we would be unstoppable. <laughs> we would like, be a force to be reckoned with. Like my oldest brother is one of the most hardworking and determined people I've ever met. Um, I, I would be surprised if he gets more than four hours of sleep a night and just just constantly is going a hundred percent all the time. Dang. And then my other brother is one of the most feely persons. That's like so in tune with nature and yeah, and just people. He's really, really, really good. He's with a people. druid. Um, and is also just naturally talented at pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, and so, what skills would he have? Like acrobatics. Well, not so check, much anymore. He's he's perception, gotten married and stealth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but growing up, he like he sings. He danced. Like he could, was like lead in the musical. He played basketball and was just naturally talented. Oh wow! Basketball and football and. Honestly, um, uh, if Braden were in D and D, he would be a bard. Oh, just just for you yeah, because the yeah. skills. Oh, totally. No, his skills would definitely complement a bard. And bards, they you know, they get enough skill points to kind of spread out. So jack of all trades. Yeah, they can, they can do that. Yeah, and that would be Braden. If you multi, if you multi class from a bard into a rogue, you could get expertise. Get a crap ton. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or you could just take, or you could be a human and get a prodigy. That's true. It's a good. It's a good venue. I've made a couple character sheets with bards and rogues, and it's just crazy how many proficiencies oh. you get. Yeah, it's just it's. You, in my opinion, quick D and D. So I recently <laughs> joined a uh, a D and D campaign. Uh, so Jesse, mm-hmm. other roommate. So we're you know, we we we, we, we... <laughs> Pokemon. It's good. We're moving on. Yes. So Jesse and I knew each other from back in Ohio. He has a group of friends that are super tight knit. And he invited me to go kick it with him one time. We've all been kind of chill ever since. And when I was in Ohio, I was like, hey, dudes, y'all want to do a one shot or something? Or if you got a campaign, maybe I can be a guest for like one session. And they're like, yeah, cool. So I made this character go to the session. It's super fun. It goes for like five or six hours. It's crazy. And at the end of it, I'm not a guest character anymore. I, like I'm, I'm in this. I'm <laughs> yeah. immersed now. And he's mm-hmm. like, we'll get your details, a backstory, and we'll get you on. I'm like, oh, oh okay. I was cool. I was glad because like yeah, this is a fun campaign. Yes, yeah, of course, mm-hmm. of course I will. So I took a swashbuckler. Ooh, they are Wait, so overpowered. Were you playing Pathfinder? Or were you playing Five E? Five E. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's not fair because I can sneak attack on like 
almost, almost everything. I don't have yeah. to sneak. All I do is just, if there's no one within five feet, I get sneak attack. That's mm-hmm. it. Which, for me, I've never played a rogue before, so uh, that helped out a lot. Like, um, yeah. I just joined another group, too, not too long ago. And uh, um, we're starting a new campaign this week, actually, tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Stuart's going to be mad at me because we have another campaign that goes on that hasn't been the best. Oh, no. It's <laughs> been torturous, but that's okay. I've been, I've been looking at actually throwing in my own campaign. And yeah, yeah. I, I do kind of want Ben to play a certain character. I mean, we'll, we might get into that in a we bit. We might get into that, but the, the other one, um, it's really, really funny. Guys just started playing like maybe a little over two months ago. Yeah. And now he's wow. DMing his own campaign. He just went down the Ooh. deep hole and has just... Read everything he can get his hands on. <laughs> or were yeah. you, so you were you the DM for for a while? Or uh, I mean, I've DM different campaigns. The ones that were the one that we're talking that he was talking referring to that him and I are in. That's not terribly fun. No, a different friend camp. Uh, he's the DM in that one, and we miss just, we he's miss really our meticulous, and he's missing. Uh, there's. Well, we also miss our original DM because he was awesome. Rich is good. Rich is, Rich, Rich is, Rich, Rich a, is great. A good DM. I'm really lucky because the set, well, like Rich is getting his like PhD in medieval history. Yeah, he's, so. he's the one who's over in England right now. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, with all this, and that's why we don't. He's have over him in Canterbury. We should talk. We should see how he's doing. Cause uh, I, I should about. actually be talking with him on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So. Let me know how he's doing with we'll do the virus stuff. Yeah. I just I have no idea. So. Yeah. But anyways, the, the guy that I'm starting this new campaign with he's he's created his whole new world himself and it's kind of interesting because it's called utaris and it is a little bit loosely based on utah (laughs) um oh it is kind of it is like hastily put together so it's not like necessarily the most elaborate world compared to uh, another one that his friend had put Honestly, together. Honestly, it doesn't need to be at first. No, no. but that's a that's a risk that you run if you put elaborate details depending on your party. Because yeah. if you get a people who are just ready to go off the walls, you're like, maybe I shouldn't put too much into. This. But anyways, the world is Utaris, and it is loosely based on Utah, um, in the fact that it is a very religious world. There are many different factions who are uh, all follow different prophets and. <laughs> Long, long ago, oh my gosh. there was there was like the truth, and then it's all been like distorted and whatnot. Um, and so there's different prof- or, uh, prophets in different areas that people kind of follow. Hmm. And um, I don't know much about all the different ones we haven't started yet. But uh, my character, I've never played a bard before, so I wanted to I wanted to be a bard. Uh, and we started talking. I started talking with them, and <laughs> turns out. Like I, this is the character that I've done the most work on ever before in yeah. any of the campaigns Dude. that I played on. Um, uh, actually, I don't know who's going to listen to this. I don't want to spill the secret. Never. I'm just going to say, don't. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bard, and I'm excited to play a bard. I are bard. <clears throat> yeah, I are bard. I, I'll. I, I would be really interested to watch you play as a bard. Yes, um, I, yeah. I, yeah, I've seen you play before, and. You have? You're, yeah, you're, you're a little were, stiff, man. So you were in our campaign that <laughs> we had. That's right. That's right. I did play that one. No, I am stiff, and I try. And, it's just because I'm well, trying to learn the thing. And then also at the same time, like particularly with the campaign that we've been playing in. It's everybody's the DM, stiff. Well, you kind of have to be with yeah. the way that he runs it, so it's It's, it's fine. tough. And, yeah. But I... I'm I'm so I'm excited to see you do that because I'm gonna that's gonna put you right outside of your wheelhouse and and I think you're either gonna flourish or you're gonna flounder and it'll uh, be strange because you'll you'll have fun regardless yeah so no worries on that like, I'm just I'm just excited because I rolled really really well I got two seventeens oh my gosh um and so great start for a bard charisma and dexterity that's well I put it in charisma boom. and um uh, wisdom no intelligence. 
Okay. Um, because we're we're it's a religious campaign, so I wanted to have a oh, high, gotcha. I wanted gotcha. to have a high. I was about to say check. I was like that perception though. Yeah, I have a, yeah. I have a plus, and with all the world bonuses and the and the race bonus because I'm a I'm a tiefling. Oh yeah, charisma. Um, and so I get did a you pick a bonus. Va- did you pick a variant or just the the normal one? Just the normal one. Dude, the um, variant they have but I've got so a, many variants. But I've got a twenty yeah. in charisma, and that means that starting out I have a plus nine uh, charisma modifier. It should be a plus five. <laughs> Is it plus five? I don't know. I, I just let yeah, it. Yeah, I was five. like, are you like a 30? <laughs> like, what? Well, how did you get into that? I, don't yeah, know. I should go back and re Because if you put your 17 into it and then you added your two, that would give you a plus four modifier. And then what level did you start at? One. Yeah, so you're, you have a plus four modifier for you should, it. You should, have a, well, yeah, you should have a 19. Which is still high at level one. persuasion. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah my for persuasion, persuasion you oh, would have Oh, your higher. persuasion. Oh, yes, yes, because you can add, yes. Yeah, my persuasion modifier is really high. It's maybe, yeah. I think it's a plus seven. Yeah, you get so many, and then Four, because like a combination of like yeah. background. Yeah, I mean, gosh, you can could go, nuts. dude. Bards can just get so nuts. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to start playing tomorrow. So we're gonna. Actually, that sounds no, sweet. We're not actually playing that campaign tomorrow because the other other two other people in the campaign their their kid just went to the hospital this Ooh. week, so Ooh. they're not participating. D and D's become like my mild obsession. Dude, it's so much fun. I turned the corner because I got I, I got into it last year uh-huh. and really enjoyed it. But then something just clicked and I got like I bought into it like a big time. And I just was I just started rolling character sheets just all the time. Yeah. And I just <laughs> you keep did that rolling. a lot too, Stuart. I just oh, keep yeah. rolling more character sheets. But I've learned more about the game doing that yeah. because I have to go into the handbook. I read stuff and then you just exactly. keep finding stuff. And then I go online and read about like character optimization and stuff yeah. like that, and then you're just like, "Whoa, there's so, so much!" Yeah, that's how I get. Uh, honestly, like I, I played for the first time like in middle school, I think, yeah. maybe like once. Um, but then as time went on, like it just, yeah, it's I, I love fantasy and always have love fantasy, so it caught me really quickly. Yeah, and, and yeah, the first thing uh, one of my friends, <laughs> one of my friends would constantly quit gaming uh, of all kinds and would just get rid of all the stuff. So I remember. Um, like in high school, at one point, I just ended up with all his rule books for D anD. d Yeah, and and I would just like read them, like nobody's business. And then also there was one in particular that was geared toward. I love the Wheel of Time series. It was one of my favorite book series at the time. And there was a particular D anD. d variant for wheel of time oh and i read the crap out of that thing and i made so many different characters under that one never got to really play it because no one else would play with me but oh. i made all these characters and that's how i got so intimately familiar with the rules and like the, um and so yeah just as time has gone on like it's easy to keep yourself updated on the rules you just play in the new yeah whatever and and it, you pick it up pretty quick and <clears throat> I, I, the most I played was in Pathfinder, but anyway, yeah. It's I just, know a lot of people have played Pathfinder. I, I haven't done any. Pathfinder I've done, is intense. The session that we had, we did three point five. That one was hard. Three point five is very nuanced. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you have so, to take into consideration. So was Pathfinder. So yeah. I. So my favorite class, regardless, to play as is a barbarian. Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, I just rolled a barbarian last night. <laughs> Dude, they're so much fun. Anyway, they're they're way fun. I can't, I can't wait. It's if a, you haven't tried them out, vanilla. It's, it's like as vanilla as possible. It's a it's a half orc barbarian, but it's based off of the character inspiration was uh, Erdnot Rex from uh, Gotcha from yeah. uh, from uh, Mass Effect, one of my totally. favorite characters. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm I'm itching to use this character so bad because I love yeah. Rex. But anyway, anyway, no, so I, I digress. Um, 
but uh, so I played in Pathfinder as a as a barbarian, yeah. as a barbarian, and it, it was my my. So actually, oh, this was your sh- really strong. This stu- was my stupid strong guy. So I played <laughs> as a full orc barbarian. Oh, so in Pathfinder, the way that uh, that worked is you got minus two to intelligence, minus two to wisdom, minus two to charisma, and plus four starting out to strength. So that's so much better than five e five e's. There's no reason to play as a normal orc. No, nah, like, there isn't. You're there's no anything. incentive to do it. it a half orc is better, honestly. One hundred percent. But uh, in in Pathfinder, so yeah, stupid strong. So I started. I got an eighteen in strength, um, which was fantastic. So eighteen plus the four, starting out at twenty two strength, which is a plus six modifier. Um, pretty early on, we ended up getting a potion of like giant strength and uh like one of our we did something we rolled for something weird and uh our dm was like well actually it makes one of your potions uh, give it give it a permanent effect and they were like done like uh, the potion of giant strength or whatever and so it gave me like an additional like two so i was at like 26 oh uh, eventually gosh. later on i got some other things that like boosted it up but the last thing that i got was a, a belt of physical perfection which in, in Pathfinder, so it's not in, in 5e at all. Yeah, yeah. But in Pathfinder, what it did. So depending on the level, it would either give you plus two, plus four, or plus six to um, either strength, dexterity, or constitution, or any variant or multiples. Like, uh, so you could, anyway, but the one that I got for, I had a roll for it uh, just for stats to see what I would get. I got plus six, oh. and I got it to strength. <sighs> And a constitution. Oh my god! Which is a barbarian. Absolutely, yes. Freaking be- bread and butter, man. Yeah. Um, but at, at that point, um, because of that belt, I got up to a, a thirty-four strength. <clears throat> so it was like plus fourteen, and so I would power attack Roll every single every. No, there was no point in rolling. It was like basically, am I critting? Is it a normal hit, or did I roll a one and freakishly like miss? Because other than that, I hit everything that we had. Because if your modifier was plus fourteen, yeah. So their AC would have to be what a fifteen or a sixteen? Yeah, to to like miss every single time. So it was just it was, and the thing is, so I would power attack in the way that it worked in that one. You would take minus five to hit, but you would get plus ten to your damage. Yeah. Um, Was that a feat or was that a? It was a feat that you had to take because that sounds like great weapon master in five e. Yeah, it's they've got some. It's it's yeah. I uh, they, they it sounds very similar, but. I can't remember which one it but, is, but, but I anyway, know what it but is, that, but, but that that's how that synergy works, yeah. Yeah, and so it, it was just a, it was insane. I got these. I, dude, I I could hit. What weapon everything. did you use? I used an orc double axe, so it was a. Um, you got two attacks per turn, and it was with, and it was a D eight for each end. Oh my uh, That you did, and because I got things eventually that to to buff out the two handed weapon hand fighting, like I I got a minus one to my offhand, and that was it. Um. So, like, both of them were still, like, it was, like, a plus 14, and, like, uh, pl- well, the orc double axe was also, like, we had some buffs on it, so I, I was getting, like, plus 16 or plus 17 to one end, and then the other one was, like, plus, like, one less. It was it was, it was was nothing. So I would hit with everything that I wanted to. I would power attack on everything. Like, there was no reason not to power attack. Getting crap tons of damage. Um, like, I took out a... <laughs> we There was a dragon turtle that at one point was, like that we were supposed to like become enemies with or whatever. And he was going to be like this long-term enemy first encounter with him. I killed him like, um, on my own. Um, dude, no. bro- broken characters are so funny for campaigns. Dude, so Ugthor was the dumbest. He, he was Ugthor the impolite. That's, that's the name that I gave him. Um, 
and he was he was just the dumbest thing and so like there were so many times where it'd be like i like the, the guards see you they're like nervous at you because also like one thing with augur is um he had like watched his brother die oh and like to swear and he swore vengeance against the guy who killed him and the guy like chopped off his brother's head well he grabbed his brother's head and took it with him and later on fashioned that skull into like a bit of a helmet that he would wear and so there's this massive ginormously strong orc like wearing a skull walking around society also i i had a six um charisma oh my gosh <laughs> like i had no charisma whatsoever and so uh so it'd be like the guards are like nervous about and looking at you and i'd be like i smile and he's like roll roll like a persuasion <laughs> and it would be like great i got like a two and like and so the guards are like think that you're gonna attack but they're too afraid of you and like um but it was great because he uh he like oh man he was just he was so much fun to play because he was stupid strong but like i'd have to role play throughout everything that he did because like half of because the and I, this is one of the things that i loved our dm for is because like um Instead was, of was Ridge DMing then, or was that uh, no, no, no? That was Quinn. That Quinn was, Quinn? was fantastic. Yeah, okay. Honestly, Quinn is much better than Ridge, but that's okay. Oh, well, Quinn is fantastic. If you ever, if anyway, we'll, we might have to try and bring him out of retirement at some point. But. <laughs> well, he's like almost dead retired. Like, kind was, of. When was the last time you even saw him? It's it's been like two years. Anyway, yeah. we don't need to go into <laughs> like all he that. might be dead. I don't know. He uh, might be possible. No, check the obituaries. No, he's a great guy though. But um. Anyway, he just he would make me role play everything because like I couldn't just be like, "Oh, like well, I'm I'm going to say this." It's like your guy has an intelligence of 7. Like <laughs> he does he know how to say that in common? Like we don't know. Probably not. Um <sighs> Yeah, so it was just fun like that, that he was my favorite character that I ever played. Um It's amazing how that stuff works like with like the campaigns and, and how you roll these players. Like we have a guy in our current campaign right Mm -hmm. now that I do on Tuesdays and he's got a, he's, he's got a gnome that was raised by goblins. (laughs) So it never learned common. So he only speaks uh, gnomish and goblin. Nice. And like under common and abyssal, <laughs> I think. So like he like, and he's trying to learn common. So he just has to speak in like short, weird phrases and that's it like yeah. it's so funny to see him try to role play all this stuff out it's it's hilarious it was the but the yeah. other like but over op players there's another guy so the group that we have we had a previous campaign that we did last year mm-hmm. and he had a warforged paladin Oof. and he got that thing just stupid strong he killed he took on a dragon and killed it i think it was in one hit because he had all the spell slots so he used his most powerful smite, and he wow. was an oath breaker. So he had a lot of cool buffs and whatnot, and just <laughs> freaking yeeted this dragon in one. It was just like, this is happening, and this is my first campaign. I'm like, that's possible. Like so, what? Yeah. What? So my- I've I've got to tell the story of how I got into this. Yeah, yeah. Um, because for the longest time, I, I mean, me and Stuart have known each other for almost ten years now. Long time. Long time. We've roomed together for five. <clears throat> Uh, and so when he was doing all his D&D stuff, he tried to get me in on it. So many times. So many times. And Ben would not. Because <laughs> in my head, D&D was always like the most nerdiest thing that you could ever do. Uh, and I'm a nerd, but like that was a not next... Not that type. That was next level nerd. And so I could never come to it. And so he he, he even made characters for me to try to get oh, me yeah. to, to come. And just I, I would not do you it. You rolled his characters for him? 
Yeah, because he wouldn't do it himself. Like I tried to, and I was like, "Dude, this would be a really interesting that's the most, one." That's the most fun part, in my opinion. I know, but y- you have to get somebody who's like willing so, to participate. Yes, in yeah, true. So, so, so um, there, I moved out, and we kind of split ways a bit, and then ended up rooming together again. Yeah. Um, after a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, but in that meantime, they had kind of gotten this really good group together of playing like every Sunday. Um, or it was Tuesday at that point, but they they had a good game. Yeah, we played regularly. Yeah, um, and so they kept inviting me to come. I was like, oh yeah, just come on Sundays. We hang out at Ridge's brother-in-law's house. Uh, and and uh, just funny thing, Ridge is like five foot five, five foot six. <laughs> he's, I think he's actually five eight to yeah. be honest. Just really short compared Shorter to the rest. To of us. Short compared to you guys. Yeah, I, I'm six three. Ben six five. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I always pictured this kid who was about who looked like Ridge. <laughs> yeah. He says, "Oh yeah, we just played dungeon. We played D and D at Ridge's brother in law's house all the time." And then I actually met his brother in law, who's six eight. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, tall and lanky, and I actually didn't make that connection for like six months. Um, yeah, because he th- he just thought that oh, this is somebody else who comes. Up yeah, this is just... he didn't realize like oh, this is the one that Ridge is related to. <laughs> it's like they can't possibly be related. Yeah, because they had always talked about going over to Ridge's brother-in-law's house and playing Ridge's brother-in-law's house and playing. And I mean, I started actually kind of liking this kid. Uh, he'd come over and hang out at our apartment every now and then. Um, and it wasn't until like the first time that I went to go hang out with them on a dinner Sunday uh, that I realized that it was Rich's brother-in-law. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. But anyways, so for a long time, I would just say, hey, we're going to play. You want to come? And I'm like, no, nah, I usually have other things on Sunday. Uh, and then one day, I didn't have my other things on Sunday. And so then I was like, I was hungry. They have dinner every Sunday. And yeah. So like, come on, Ben. Yeah. You lured him in with the come bait. And, play with us, and so And so I came along and I went and had dinner with them and I saw them play for them. It was a lot of fun to watch them play. Yeah. Um, so I did that a couple of times and I just sit back and do my homework, um, just refusing to play. It almost came like a game at that point. Like, I won't do it. Um, but then there was one day where I forgot my laptop. Oh. Um, and they jumped on it. It was like so funny. Like, we finished eating. I pulled out my backpack, no laptop. And they all literally looked at me and were like, You're going to play with us today? And they even like before I even had a chance to respond, like we have a character for you. <laughs> what was that? What was the character? What was the um, character? It was uh, it was a rogue, dragonborn. Um, was it a ranger? It might have been a ranger. I, get I think we had you as a ranger. Yeah, his name was Rick. Um, <laughs> Rick Ranger. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, but like I have ranger. to tell you what happened in the first first campaign that I ever played. So I had, I'd seen them play a couple of times. They had yeah. two campaigns going on at that time, so I kind of got confused as to what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, but the first one goes, we're up against a necromancer who had reanimated a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh. <laughs> and it's a beast. And everybody's all really, really kind of having a hard time with it. Um, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I've seen them play a lot, but I, I don't know what's capable or what, like, moves I have or anything. I have absolutely no idea. And it's like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I want to try to mount the T-Rex. <laughs> and they're like, okay, throw an animal handling check. And I rolled a 20. And they're like, okay, roll an acrobatics check to make sure that you actually like mount it. And I rolled it. And I, I can't remember what it was, but I, he let me mount the T-Rex. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so actually, I was right then at that point that I'm like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> I'm in. It's like, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. But here I am. My character is now like straddling a T Rex and about to legless it with three arrows in the head, and uh, we ended up killing it after a long time. It was a it was a it was a tough one. 
uh, and uh, we then took the bones over to our dwarf masons and wanted them to make a mecha rex. And they turned a mecha zombie rex. <laughs> oh my god! That we kept in a bag of holding and then later pulled out. <laughs> it was great. Uh, a secret weapon. <laughs> pulled it out for the final fight and like our DM was still like, it's not even a fun fight anymore. <laughs> it was fun. I wasn't ready for this. Um, I do you mind? I, I want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. Yeah. My the only other time that I've ever seen somebody one shot a dragon was my friend James. Yeah. And uh, it was when I was playing Ugthor. He was playing uh, Ugthor's counterpart, which was Bill. Uh, Bill was a rogue um, who took some classes in, in wizard as we went. Yeah. And so an arcane ar- ar- archer is what he did. Okay. Yeah. 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 And uh, he had the ability to imbue arrows with his spells, and James took the spell that we were like i don't know why you're getting that we never deal with it he got he got um aqualung which means that you can breathe underwater and we're like okay cool i don't really see how that's going to be helpful like we haven't really had to swim or anything yet uh we come across a dragon up in the mountains <clears throat> james pulls out an arrow and he casts aqualung on the dragon with his arrow and then the DM was like, okay, cool. So the dragon then breathes fire. And my friend James is like, excuse me, the dragon is choking. And we're like, what are you talking about? And you pull out the spell. The spell doesn't make it so that you just breathe water. It makes it so that you can only breathe water. Oh. <laughs> so he suffocated the dragon with this aqua lung spell. And and we were like, wow. And our DM was like, I'm going to let it stand. He's like, that's... That is too good. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. N- none of us saw it coming. We had never suspected this is what James is planning on doing. He got <laughs> it like level two. We're like, James, we're in like mountains and like woods. There's like no water anywhere. Why are you getting water? <laughs> this oh my gosh. He's like, you'll see one day. <laughs> that is Oh my god. That's yeah. genius. Oh, that was the fun that's, thing. But that's the funny thing about D&D because you can have just as much fun when you get a group together and you're like, "All right, everybody, let's attack in formation and let's oh, be yeah. smart." versus you find very creative ways of doing it. Oh, yeah. And your DM yeah. is pretty much the key to that. Like well, that, that's what made uh, games with Ridge so much fun is because he'd let us break the game as much as we could. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a little irritating to me. I like a little bit more structure. Yeah, yeah. But he let us break it. Okay. And we had like uh, his brother-in-law and another friend of ours, Mike literally try to break the game every time we play. Yeah. yeah. And it, and that's kind of what's fun about it, too. Um, but the current DM that we're with right now, he... he oh, he is not a fan of breaking the game. He is well, not a fan of breaking the game. Doesn't, he doesn't even... He he, try, he plays the meta game, which is weird. Like, um, He, like, knows how many hit points this thing has, and so he tries to keep it, like, hidden from us and pop out at things. And we're like, okay, great. We're all, like, writing actions. Yeah. And we're sitting there for, like, three hours before something happens because he's like, <laughs> it's been resting and gaining hit points this whole time. And we're like, holy crap, dude. Like, just throw it at us. And you're anyway. like, thanks, <laughs> thanks, dude. Um, and D and D news, they announced, uh, the next book that's going to be coming out is Theros. Yeah. From uh, magic, the gathering. Cause they've already been implementing it, which yeah. I'm already ready. I already know what I'm going to do <laughs> when I, regardless, cause they're going to have two new races. They're going to have a Seder and then they're going to have a Leonin, which is funny because now you have Taboxies and Leonin. So now you're going to have two types of cat people. And Weird. still no, re- no, still no furry representation. <laughs> Ooh, woo. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want them to make like a rabbit, just be a giant rabbit. Uh, uh, you mean big chungus, <laughs> dude? Oh, bi- please, 
big chungus multi-classes with wizard, barbarian, rogue, <laughs> ranger, fighter, <laughs> warlock. You have and to he- multi-class every single level. <laughs> you are not allowed to pick a level of the same class. <laughs> His warlock pact is with himself. <laughs> he is a god. <laughs> ooh, ooh, big chungus. Which is actually really funny because my first character, my very first character, I had no clue what I was doing. I found people that were like, hey, we have a spot open if you want to join. I'm like, yes! Because I've been wanting to play D- D&D for years i didn't care how nerdy he was i was like this sounds super cool but i just never really knew people so everything aligned so i did a dragonborn fighter and i got like an actual name for him but i ended i ended up making him like uh like a like a pit fighter so and he he fought for his freedom and won it in the pits and the tournament was called the big chungus and so basically he just title like he carried the title of big chungus around and the character was very much so i think it was like chaotic good or chaotic neutral it was very much so because i was just learning how to play the game and i kind of just did what i wanted to and and yeah pretty much all the time people be like and what exactly is a chungus (laughs) 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 when like i didn't had no clue about like character optimization because like he's a fighter and his most important stat is strength and with all the ability score improvements i had i think i only like bumped up my strength like once or twice (laughs) i put everything else into like charisma because i like just screwing around and stuff like that i've I've never actually had a character that could actually talk his way through anything i've always had like zero or (laughs) negative one in charisma and everything that i've played before so my current character that i haven't so that group where where i had chungus Mm -hmm. it was sad because we got to the final I'm so ticked because we get to the final fight and the one before it, one of our characters who was the Oathbreaker Paladin, he, he flipped and he ended up fighting. For, he became a champion for this like evil wizard and got buffed and we all had to fight him and we lost like it, it was a pretty rough battle and we couldn't wait or any longer. We couldn't take a long rest because if we did, the wizard who was currently trying to like summon um, one of the demon lords or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he would have had him there, and we would have been completely hosed. So we had to run in with like, like, like basically like half half health into this battle. And we go into the room, and when the DM put he put the uh, the battle map out, and it shows the wizard with this barrier around him with like the circle. And I was like, huh, that circle. I wonder if we just hit him with ranged weapons. And everybody else was left just like, no, just charge at him. It's like, oh, okay. So they all run in, and it's like a stasis. So they run in, and like they have to make wisdom saving throws every yeah. time. And I didn't have proficiency in it, and I certainly didn't have a good modifier. So basically, I, I like I had an inkling of how to beat this wizard, and his hit points were low enough. And my with my maul that I had, it was like a plus two that had extra fire damage on it. Like nice. it was powerful. But I went along with everybody else. Yeah. When I should have just, I had javelins, I had hand axes, I should have just yeeted the dude. Mm-hmm. And but no, I didn't. So I was the last one to die. Oh. Fun. And I was like, oh, my first character, he died. I was like, really sad after it happened. It it like hurts when you yeah. lose a character. Yeah. I mean, it I spent can, a whole man. year with that character. I was like, that was my very very first character. Like. Yeah. Oh. But now my second character, so now we have a new campaign. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, it's a 
so I multi-classed. So I'm a paladin warlock. Ooh, that would be it's an interesting mix. It's it's a huge conflict, and he's an ASMR, and so it like his the deity that he worships is like the goddess of light and justice, and but he's conflicted because the 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 deity that or the entity <clears throat> that he made his pact with is actually her brother, her fallen brother who was Ooh. exiled. So there's like. How did he come to make a pact with his? With so, her? yeah, because yeah, basically be a... they were on the same realm. They were on the same uh-huh. uh, plane with all the other gods and crap like that. Yeah. So our session zero, my my character, his name is Name. The joke behind it is that the previous campaign we were in, we had we had to find some we had to find these these characters and we were in this dream plane where if you thought of something, it popped up. And so we thought of like um we were trying to find the names of all these people mm-hmm. and so i made a joke where it popped up and i was like right, i want to think of the name of this character and the dm was like you see a rock that says name and <laughs> ah, so and name. that's exactly but that's exactly what it was so, nice. so i said name and then just, that was the running joke ever since so this character's name is name, name. and but that's i felt like i saw like yeah, I, was, I was thinking of something like namaste no <laughs> namaste no, he's just gonna get to like halfway through the campaign he's like namaste okay bye <laughs> so i named him name and he's part of like uh or like a like a religious group called the Suncrest legion and so basically i'm but i've been chosen as the champion by this goddess and no nobody else really knows it even though i kind of brag about it sometimes <laughs> but then I also made that pact with the warlock because I knew like my character because charisma is the defining thing for mm-hmm. warlocks because yeah. I'm four levels paladin and one level warlock right now, but I did it so I could take Hexblade. Nice. And because of that, all my attacks now are charisma. So charisma is the only thing I'm maxing out. And I made my character a 13 so I could wear heavy armor, but... <laughs> but just enough to where like he's not the strongest dude, and that's why he's like, but I need more power because I'm supposed to be a champion. Gotcha. So then the de- uh, that's a good that's a good conflict. So then yeah yeah the the fallen the fallen god um, he he's basically like well I can help you out and boom so now it's a it's a conflict yeah they're both vying for his soul but the gods are yeah totally that's and my a, character is super conflicted like and my dm's loving it because he keeps putting me in situations i'm like i don't know what to do like ah. and like i keep making wrong decisions because i lean more towards the goddess who's like all about justice and like lawful good uh-huh. and like i've done some stuff that like i don't feel is right at all and i'm like oh oh and the power is not enough <laughs> and it's just getting in my head now because I like we we came across a demon and we had to run away from it because it was super powerful. Uh-huh. And my character is torn up about it because he wanted to eat that thing. And he's like, "Wait a second! If I'm supposed to be the champion and I can't beat that thing, like I need more power." Like, yeah, it's it, it's 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 a really fun character I'm doing right now. But since he's oh, warlock, man. I have Eldritch Blast. Yeah, and any problem that arises, I'm Eldritch Blast. <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah. Literally, it's a, it's a good move. Locked door, Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Searching for traps, Eldritch Blast. <laughs> Need to persuade somebody, Eldritch Blast. <laughs> so not and, even at them; it just makes your persuasion jump way high. Like, I think one of the other great spells is is hideous laughter. That one, yeah, that one gets. I used. love hideous laughter. Yeah, that one gets used. A lot. I learned something really interesting. Clerics have a spell at level one called Guiding Bolt. Yep. It's you get four d six on a level one spell. Holy cow. That's 
kind of powerful. A little. Yeah. <laughs> at, at level one? Yeah. And, like, it, like it buffs okay, because each spell slot afterwards is just an extra D6, but, like, that's But powerful. starting out, it's a good shotgun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the character they had in that other group that I thought was just going to be a one-timer. Nah, didn't happen. It. Uh, I'm, like, full in now. I'm stoked, because it's really cool what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But So my character, he's a half-elf, but his, his father was the human, mm-hmm. and he was really short. Very short for a human, like five feet tall. Okay. And because of that, like, because, you know, they're diplomatic and whatnot, mm-hmm. half-elves normally are, or the humans that, you know, tend to get with the ha- the elves. So because his father would, like, would travel a lot, he was really good friends with, like, dwarf clans and things like that. Mm-hmm. And they always joked with him that his height, like, he could pass as one of them. Uh-huh. And so basically my character's parents were killed in a raid and they, they knew it was going to happen. So they sent the baby away. And they gambled, thinking if he takes anything after his father, then maybe he'll be short and he can blend in with the dwarves. Yeah, remain hidden. Yeah, so he's a half elf that was raised among dwarves, and he's small. He came out to five foot, <laughs> so <laughs> but isn't growing any facial hair. <laughs> None. So <laughs> and he's not brawny. No. So that's and he's the swashbuckler. So he had to adapt oh, nice. and yeah. learn how to do this instead of the, you know the more like the hammers or axes. No, nah, he's he's a nope. rapier, rapier and... short swords, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the character's so funny because it confuses people because he has a he uses a dwarf clan name, but he's really he's weird looking. Definitely not a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. It's so like I have dwarvish uh, influences and human and elvish and all this stuff and the he campaign fits anywhere but nowhere. Yeah, right. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, and and basically he's charged with uh, by his clan to go and basically repay the debt that they gave to his father. Uh-huh. It's like a pay it forward concept. Gotcha, gotcha. So he, the, the in the campaign right now, they're they're trying to make a city, like a free city, to help all these people from persecution and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so my character shows up, and since he has he's traveled from town to town trying to like pay back what that dwarf clan did for him, hmm. and that's his charge. So now that they're trying to build this kingdom, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to try to pay it forward here oh, and try cool. to build it up, just as his clan was a refuge for him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see, but I thought it was a fun <clears> little concept <throat> to freak people out because he's short. And so the DM tried to make it, make people think that he looks like a dwarf. Yeah. And like his name, he's like from the clan Vulcan brood <laughs> brood. But I always mispronounce the name purposefully because his dwarf his dwarvish isn't good. The best, but he knows it. Yeah. So it's always like broad, brood, bread, brood. <laughs> Change it every time he says it. It's not the same. Every time. So it's it's a yeah. fun character, and now people are like coming to like realize, oh, you're not a dwarf. And I like I wear a bandana over my ears so they can't see any, any of the elvish. And gotcha. It's a it's a fun little character. I yeah. thought it was a fun little draw. Um, but yeah, I, I just I'm I'm I am glad that I finally got into D and D. Super fun. It's way fun. Oh. I. D- Go ahead. I do want to talk about the character that I that I and the kind of the campaign that I'm going to do that I want. Oh, we, we have talked about this <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah. Little if you bit. if you need any other extra people, uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't I don't know how many. People I don't. We one one of our guys. We'll that's kind we of have like, 18 people in the session. No problem. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's one of the th- reasons why. No, the same guy, the brother-in-law guy. He's, he's actually moving out of town, and he's kind of the 
the linchpin uh, to this group. Point, yeah. yeah, the focal point of this group. Because so. we, we've been hanging out at his, his house and relying a lot on him to coordinate kind of all of it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to start doing our own stuff. But so kind of what I'm, I'm trying to set up here with this, like, so the world, what I want it to be, or like this area is uh, necromancy is cool. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, chill. Like, whatever. Yeah, we use the dead for whatever we want. And so everybody has, like, zombie or skeleton, like, servers yeah. and things yeah. and businesses and stuff like that. It's actually something I kind of stole off Reddit, but that's okay. Anyway, <clears throat> but oh, I, I want to have it where anyone, it's, like, acceptable to have, like, you know, dead people around or whatever reanimated. Um, but I want Ben's character <clears throat> to be a skeleton. Uh, but here's the thing. He's not a reanimated skeleton. Ben's character is a paladin that has swore an oath to do something a long freaking time ago <laughs> and and has not been able to do it and over time has decayed to the point where he's just a skeleton and he's kept alive sheerly by his will and his determination to accomplish the oath that we, he swore to. Um, but the thing, his brain has rotted out. It's no longer there. He doesn't remember what the oath is. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't know... He has like no real memory of what's going on, but he's going to be triggered at different points to interact in certain ways to different things. Where so I'll like basically I'll be like like oh you walk into a room and there's like a a banner on the wall, and they're all like oh cool and like Ben might be like yeah and I start searching for traps and I'm like no, you are not searching for traps and he's like what what do you mean and he's like what am I doing and he's like you're standing by the berry but the by the banner you're staring at it all you're doing is staring at it. It's it's important. You love this band, <laughs> like, and that's that's all. Like and so, like Ben doesn't get to determine his character. Oh, I'm gonna hit pause here really quick. There Skele- we go. Skeleton, no brain. Yes, skeleton, no brain. Yes. Yeah. So uh, and just, he sees the banner. So he sees the banner. He's and triggered. he's just gonna be triggered by the banner or by <laughs> these other things. And he like uh, maybe a blue flower in the middle of the field might be all of a sudden the most important thing in the world to him. <laughs> and so I'm just gonna do that to Ben constantly. Is just and so hopefully throughout time and as we're going through this campaign, he realizes more and more what he's supposed to do. <clears throat> oh. Uh, and so the goal. So I do want the whole campaign to trigger on Ben, but I want Ben to not know that it's triggering on him, um, or wh- how, or why, or. Um, but he's he's going to be kind of the key to like half of the stuff that goes on. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I, I really like the idea. So, you but know, so everybody else is assuming that he's anyway like a reanimated dead. Yeah. But like everybody who's reanimated, like they have an owner, but he doesn't have an owner, so everyone's confused. Anyway, I want him to be in a place where no one really challenges that he's around because they haven't like dig started digging into it. But at the same time, I want there to be not like any answers for <laughs> for why he is why. Why he's there? There's just a lot of mysteries for him to unravel. Oh, totally and for everyone. Yeah, yeah we kinda... that sounds sweet. And so, like, one of the plans is like, I want them to maybe and going into a fight where they're like, we're gonna kill this guy, and Ben's like, okay, I strike him, and it's like, no, you strike your ally. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> why now? Yeah, and so yeah, I just and boom. Um, that sounds lit. And so he like doesn't have, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm pretty excited. about You know this. why I like that concept so much? Our first, the first one shot that we did mm-hmm. with our Tuesday night group, um, it was like the world was basically magic based, and that was kind of like the hierarchy. Like if you didn't practice magic, you were like a loser. Nothing. Yeah. So my character was kind of like an outlier. He was a necromancer uh, named Zombe. <laughs> and I I just took the concept from Monty Python Tully Grail like <clears throat> bring out your dead <laughs> and just went around all the towns trying to find as many dead people as I could but like 
weird. Like, you got any dead people? <laughs> dead! And I took another part from my mission uh, where people would walk through the streets calling for, like, junk metal, scraps, mm-hmm. you know, all the people that yeah, would call we, out we, for stuff. We'd had people that showed up and call for gas and water. And yeah. just Not, like, take it, but they have it to sell. So, like, Zombay was doing that, but, you know, looking for body Dead parts things, yeah <laughs> and we ended up fighting a blood witch uh towards the end Ooh. and when we won i ended up reanimating her Ooh. but only half of her body because she got <laughs> cut in half so it's just her torso Fun. and then and then uh the, like we ended up doing this mission for the king and then the king granted us all a wish and mine was like i want to marry the blood witch <laughs> so oh. Z- zombie has this floating blood witch who's just like inanimate really doesn't or not inanimate but like doesn't talk just floats there and just does his thing so like it was a lot of fun and then i ended up doing a one shot last year Mm -hmm. and we based it off a zombie where he was trying to make a school of necromancy and the whole (laughs) the one shot was based upon him trying to find like his next class of people Mm -hmm. to come in and do it and I ran them all through tests and sent them on quests and stuff like that <laughs> with my with Zombie, you know, mm-hmm. calling all the shots. It was super fun. Um, so that that campaign sounds really fun. Yeah, that sounds pretty enjoyable. <clears throat> I like I like the concept and I like the idea. I just can't wait for Theros because they're gonna they'll have the gods out. I can mm-hmm. make a murder hobo minotaur that worships that worships Mojus. Yeah, <laughs> the totally. god of slaughter, mm-hmm. and it's following canon. It works. Yeah, and like they can't get mad at me for being a murder hobo because Mojus is literally the god of slaughter. Like there is nothing else to him except for slaughter. Except slaughter. Yeah, yeah, and he's a minotaur too. So like, rawr, yeah, it's gonna be sick. I, I can't, I can't wait. I still want to. I've. This is a character idea I've seen floated around a couple of times. I, but um, a centaur. That like bred with a minotaur who doesn't have like a bull head, <laughs> but it has like a horse head, and so it's like a horse head and the horse body, and that's all that's mixed. So it's just like looks like a regular horse, <laughs> but fully sentient. <laughs> <laughs> and I would love it if he was a rogue, because <laughs> like he's a horse, so he can steal stuff and then just like stand there. <laughs> Just like, what's this horse doing? And you don't to even. Him. Do... Yeah, it's or like, like it's no like one uh... will believe you as it stabs you. <laughs> His like hoof is like has it Curved. protrudes a dagger. <laughs> oh man, Assassin's Creed, <laughs> like horse hooves. <laughs> oh, uh, that'd be genius. Yeah. It'd be like when it'd be like Donkey when he was in Shrek when yeah. he turned into a horse. <laughs> I can tell. No, I can fly. I can um, count. <laughs> Dude, that but that's I, that's a great idea. It, it's it's amazing how carried away you can get in D and D. Oh yeah, it's so. Huge. But it's funny because I, I I put on critical role sometimes, yeah. And I just I have a really hard time following along with it because the sessions are so long and like yeah. If you're not paying attention to every single thing that's going on, you're gonna get you're lost. gonna miss a joke later on or what right. is even go. Wait, who are you stabbing now? And but that's the thing. So because mm-hmm. when I watch it like that, I'm like. Sometimes it's just like I'm not envisioning this world that they're in. I'm just seeing a bunch of people like yeah. roll stuff and laugh. But when you're playing it, like you're imagining every bit of it. Have yeah. Have you seen Harmon Quest at all? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's like one of your favorite shows. It is. Uh, so Harmon Quest is Dan Harmon. Yeah. The creator yeah. community. Yes. They're playing D and D, 
and they half animate it and half show them like around a table. Oh my gosh! So anyway, they always have they always have a guest um, uh, celebrity. Celebrity. Yeah. It's always some comedian and like um, or pretty much always has been a comedian. Anyway, but yeah. they they always die like in the episode. Like that's <laughs> kind of the the thing. Um, but man, that that's a really fun one just because you do get to see like the mix of uh. Yeah, imaginary world. Yeah, the imaginary world, like, and like just watching people. It's around super a table. unique. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because they're they're like they're like in the first episode, one of the guys I can't remember his name, but he's he's a, he's a regular. Uh, he did whose line is it anyway? Um, but he wasn't a regular on that. Uh, he's kind of a thin dude. Any, it's all good. Uh-uh. I'll, I'm, yeah. Maybe I'll look him up later. But um, uh, he's doing it, and he's like he's a goblin rogue, and he's like oh, I'm gonna run by these guys and I'm gonna slice their ankles like from behind and. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And like, yeah, go ahead and do it. Like, roll for it. He rolls horribly. And so it's like, oh, man, it's, it's, but do I know that I missed? And he's like, no, nah, man, you rolled so poorly. Like, it's one of those things, and it's all animated at this point. It's like, you're, you think your rapier is this long, but really it's like this long. And so you're like two inches away. But man, you think that you have got it. And he's like, yeah, I'm just keep, continue to run like really confidently. I'm like, yeah. Anyway, so that's, there, there's a lot of little great moments like he gets, that. He gets the end as the, like, the slow cinematic, like, yeah. Yeah. And then you look back and you're like, oh crap uh and they also they animate the dm every once in a while like in in the world but the dm so they animate him just like him so he's wearing like cargo shorts and like a plaid shirt (laughs) and he's got a big beard he's like yeah man you like you do that thing it's cool (laughs) it's crazy how they get you know the celebrities involved with all that stuff like uh joe joe uh man joe manganello manganello dude he loves he he built a dm or a D cave in his house yes yeah, he calls it like the Gary uh, uh, Gary Gygax Gary Gygax Memorial Room, yeah. room or something yeah, like something that. Like, those lines. It's so not not to mention like Vin Diesel wrote the forward of the latest book or something like that. Yeah, because Vin Diesel yeah. plays too. That's yeah. the word on the street. Did you see the, like- the his the Witch Hunter movie was based like entirely off of like one of his like mental adventures with the like D and D. So so did you see it when they did Jocks Machina? Yeah, that, that was, was kind hol- of a fun one. That yeah. was hilarious. Just a bunch of beef dudes. Like, <laughs> they're massive rolling dice. Dude, they got the big show on from WWE. Seriously? Yeah. And he was like, he had no clue what was going on. Oh well, yeah, he's like, kind of half stoned anyways. Yeah, he was just like, uh, I'm just gonna be cool. And uh, yeah, what am I rolling here? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, what's going on? Like, but it seemed like he had fun. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. totally. Yeah, and like the other guys that they they had uh, Travis Willingham from Critical Role, mm-hmm. and then they had uh, Joe Manganiello, and then they had another guy who was po- like a popular CrossFitter. I think is what it was. He was like an actor slash mm-hmm. like he won like a big CrossFit thing. But like his character was hilarious. His paladin that like. You know, I think he also had like some bardic undertones to him, but um, yeah, like it was a super funny campaign. But like Joe Manganiello's character in because he guest starred on a lot of Critical Role stuff, mm. like he's he's a real funny guy too. Yeah, but like his character had a huge impact on like what Vox Machina did because the big baddie that they killed at the end had this magical hand. It was Vecna, and Vecna's hand was like like that's where all the power is channeled from. So when they finally killed it, everybody was like huddled over the body of one of the dead people in the fight. And Joe Manganiello's character was in it and he is technically an oath breaker and he's, you know, he worships, he worships Tiamat. Yeah. Um, so while everybody's mourning, he goes over to the body of Vecna 
cuts off the hand, cuts off his own hand, and then mends it to his, replaces it to his hand, and then just like yeets out of there. (laughs) Boom. And then like during the session, as soon as he does it, he just gets up and walks out of the session. That's it. (laughs) And everybody's just sitting there like, what What just happened? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, but good old D&D. It's fun. We just spent an hour talking about D and D. This was not even like on. Yeah. Well, the... I was about to say, like, let's let's venture out of the. Uh, By the, the way, fantasy cor- world. We're gonna have a lot of time to play D and D thanks to the coronavirus. Unrehearsed, <laughs> <laughs> people. That was one hundred percent unrehearsed. I thoroughly swear upon my life and posterity and my grave. That that was not rehearsed. Yeah, but not at all. anyways, venturing out of the fantasy realm back into the real world, I actually am very thankful for that little detour because I am. The last twenty four hours have been ridiculous. Whoa. What a roller coaster! Everything just dude, it went from zero to one hundred like In a quick. Heartbeat. Yeah, because it was just kind of like this is just flew to like oh oh wow oh. Italy's like about to crumble. Uh, classes are canceled at BYU. Everybody go home. Like Dude, I couldn't believe it. Because- <laughs> well, that's just that. Like, so like I'm a BYU student. Uh, Stuart's wife is a BYU student. Um, like, honestly, like the way that BYU functions, I've been there for nine years. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I kind of know how it works. Know the ins and outs. Um, I also work there. Like, they don't close or cancel anything. Nothing. Never. Never. And like, school is like, classes are. King, if you're not, King. yeah, if there. you're not going to classes, there are zero excuses besides like if you are literally on your deathbed. Did you die, or somebody else's deathbed? Well, then you got to go to class. Yeah, then you have, then you are expected at class, and so I kind of just assumed, oh, nothing's gonna happen, ne- nothing's ever gonna happen. It's BYU. They like it's it'll snow forty five feet and just make the roads completely impassable, and they'll still expect you to come to yep. class. But then, in the last twenty four hours, they've gone from like. Zero two classes are now canceled until Tuesday, and then after Tuesday, everything's remote. Everything is remote, uh, as with is like ninety percent of the rest of the country. Yeah, and this it's strange because so many different worlds are like it literally feels like a a, a video game. Yeah, <laughs> feels like the the world Absolutely. is collapsing. Yeah. yeah, literally everything is just like this is closed. This is closed. This is closed. Like it's uh, like this feels surreal, and it's one thing like. A day, a week. Yeah. We're talking three weeks, like months. Yeah. And so sports, uh, NCAA tournaments canceled. Yep. Well, did they actually finally cancel it? No, no, they canceled it. Okay. Yeah, I got a notification before we went on air saying that. No. I've been getting emails every 15 minutes just updating and escalated because at first it was players are just going to play alone in the stadium. Yeah. To it's it's suspended and then it's canceled. No, we're just going to be done. Yeah. This is so crazy. Because the same thing happened with the BYU notifications. Yesterday they came out and said, oh, we're just. We're canceling large venues. This was yesterday, like seven o'clock at night. Um, was like, we're canceling large venues. Any people that's over like two or three hundred people, like classes will remain as normal. And then I go to school today. Everybody is like has no idea what's going on. There's a lot of disarray going on right yeah. now, and so the whole campus is just quiet. Well, there's a lot of one of my um, one of my friends. I met him while he was serving his mission in Ohio, and we've kept in touch. He's still at BYU right now, so he had cancer. Um, beat it, but one of the side effects that comes from you know chemo and stuff like that is that a lot of times like it has effects on like your immune system. Yeah. Later on and stuff like that, and he's talking about like with something like coronavirus going on, I have a heightened risk of 
being exposed to mm-hmm. it, and the way the university's handling it right now is not appropriate. Yeah, but then, but then, like, start this morning, so they like classes are going as normal, no large events. It's like, okay, sweet. And then everybody gets an email at like eleven thirty. That's like, oh, by the way, um, we're now reducing that to like classes over eighty, and then like two o'clock runs around, and it's like, oh, by the way, now nobody's coming to class, and then like six o'clock runs around, and it's like everything is canceled. I think the reason why there it's so surprising though is because so BYU is heavily affiliated. I mean, with the church. I mean, it's owned by yeah, the church. Yeah. So. You, on one hand, you're finding out general conference is canceled. Yeah, and all the all like, but I mean that's just MT, one... MTC training is now virtual. I know, yeah. but, but that's all one branch that we see because we're involved in that sphere, right? Like if we go outside of it, um, like U, U of U was canceled, Utah State was canceled, uh, UVU. Um, it's still working on getting things canceled, but uh, the things have been canceled. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just then, I just then, got a notification just... saying everything's online. For... Yeah, and I got. Yeah. Uh, curious because I'm in Utah, so I figured, oh, well, let me check Colorado. CSU is canceled. CU Boulder's canceled. Harvard's canceled. Yale's canceled. Literally, Duke's canceled. When I was in the <laughs> airport leaving Dayton, uh, I got a notification saying, like, governors declared a state of emergency. Everything shut down. My mom works for the local school, um, and she just told me she gets three weeks off now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, like holy crap. Here I, Everything's here I, going slow. It's just, it's so funny because BYU is literally like the last one to the party. Yeah, yeah. And the, but the church in general was one of the first. Pretty quick to yeah. respond. I mean, they had already well, talked about most re- people affected are people over 70, and the leaders of the church are all over 70. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> don't spread it to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting to see how that all has played out, but it's just, it escalated so quickly. Like, so, this, yeah. like this happened this week. Because like, like, coronavirus, we were talking about it at the end of February. Oh, like, totally. But way before then. It was yeah, like the first of February. People had known, and they're like, just, you know, here's the next virus. You know, be careful. And now it's just like, it's escalated so quickly. Like, honestly, even two days ago, I wasn't worried, like, at all. Yeah, yeah and now me. it's like, man, everything is going this way. <laughs> like, I started getting a little bit worried last night, and then today it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> well, and now we're getting information that, like, this is technically like the beginning of the virus. Like even though yeah. we heard about it in, you know, in February, early parts of February, like mm-hmm. where we are now, this is very much so the early, early stages, early, early stages, and it spreads quickly, and it's it could mutate the really absolutely. Easily. So, so the real question. So I mean, we've been alive for a while. We've seen a lot of different world-ending potential capability, like possibility things. With yeah. Stuff. Swine flu and Zika virus and Ebola, Ebola, but and all I, these, all these things. Ebola. Do we have any sort of idea what makes this different? <sighs> we should have brought like a scientist on air. Yeah, uh, I'm not a biologist. Science. I'm an engineer, so like, I don't know that much about biology. <laughs> I don't. I'm a person. I'm not a <laughs> scientist. Well, I know. So I know Doctor. that from what I've heard that like. The strains of coronavirus, but, like but, this, is a specific strain of coronavirus. So, for what I've heard, like the the like, there's different strains that have been around before, and they've always yeah. kept them in check. Yeah. But COVID nineteen, this one in in specific, mm-hmm. has been the most troublesome. But like, can we attribute this all just to the virus? There's so much that comes into epidemiology. That's a word you used it almost properly you do you're fine that's good how do how do you pronounce it epidemiology yeah. epidemiology epidermis skin <laughs> epilogue. Uh, epilogue episode anyway but but, like, but but the thing is the viruses they adapt 
And that's the crazy thing is because with the way our genes play into things, we're always in like this foot race with viruses because virus learns how to adapt. Yeah. And, you and that's know, why we have a seasonal flu. So then we get vaccines and then the vaccines help us, you know, get ahead of the virus. And but then the viruses learn how to adapt and then to that, find yeah. those find the, 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 the parts in the code of our DNA that are weak. And then it, it basically exploits them. So that that's why the strains where when they work on one strain, it, it just progresses and you're all, you're pretty much always in a foot race with, with yeah. these things. That's mm-hmm. why like something I read up cause I'm in a bi- biology class and just briefly touched on some of this stuff, but like penicillin is one example where like they came across it by accident. Yeah. They didn't even know it was supposed to help out in treating anything. Yeah. Bacterial <laughs> infections. Yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. So, but over time, now the viruses, I mean, antibiotics almost now on some of them, they don't work because the viruses have adapted and yeah. they learn how to overcome them. So, it, th- that's the tough part. Like, you, what you had before is not going to work the next time around. So, you have to tinker. Like, the, a lot of the battles so, are So, is this the, the mythical superbug that they've been talking about forever? Uh, it doesn't no. seem like it's necessary. It's not the superbug. It's just, it is more serious than this, a lot of the this others. Is, this is what and it spreads quicker. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. It spreads way quicker. They said that it has, like, a, um, not a mutation rate, um, like an infection rate, very much so, like SARS. Yeah. So, what it was, they said it's around 4%. There's been so many numbers thrown around. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. But can can we attribute? Because like like the the pandemic because it's been declared a it's pan- a pandemic. Yeah. Pandemic. World World Health Organization said it's um. Like I cannot help but think that some of this is just blown out of proportion. To an extent, I so what a lot of people have been talking about is that it's not necessarily the it's not like when you get it, you, it's so bad that you're going to die. Like if you get treatment, you're going to be okay. I mean, cause the problem is, is that it's it's causing because the rate of infection goes so quickly. Like in Italy, for example, because so many people got infected so quickly, Italy's running out of beds. They like their hospitals are completely overrun. They don't have enough doctors and nurses to treat everybody, and so yeah. the so the death rate is going up. That's higher. what that's what makes it deadly because it's happening so quick they can't keep up with it okay. with treatment. So and so the like the, what I I think I don't know if you've heard the you, I'm sure you have, but like in Italy they've started getting well, to the point where most they're not my, treating older people. Yeah, Correct. Most, they have to triage it based on if you're an older patient your survivability. Yeah, it's 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 a really shitty thing to think about but in terms of like an economical standpoint well, you and, and you have long, to go there you you kind of have to because they they their ability to help improve your economy and like work especially in italy where everything is shut down now when you need to get every when you need need to employ every able-bodied person in the workforce the elderly are going to be a hamper on that yeah it just sucks because they're human beings yeah. and you don't, you don't want to say no to a human being. I can't help you out. But at the same, see, that's what, that's what makes it so dangerous. And so that's, that is the danger part. I don't think the danger part is the actual virus. It's the speed. Cause if, if we were all to go in the so, same way, so you're saying more of the pandemic and reaction could be caught or could be, um, infrastructure based so that we can be prepared 
if yes. like, for an outbreak. Well, so that's, that's why I think that they're scaling all this stuff back is they're just trying to slow it down as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. If we can stay basically keep ourselves in quarantine and great, if only ten percent of the population can continue to get it at a time, <laughs> and like we can keep up it, with it, yeah. then we can yeah. keep up exactly, and we can the next ten percent. Great, you get. Let's get all the next ten percent into the hospital. We'll treat you all. Okay. Great. Now that you're that's healed, making more sense. Now. Let's get the next ten yeah. percent in because we have the resources to treat it. But if you flood a hospital and there are not enough, that you you. Yeah can't at one point in time so you have I, to prolong I, I heard something today that like at, at most times hospitals are 80 percent capacity yeah in, in, yeah. A, in a normal situation they have yeah. to, yeah. and it's it's only like maybe like three percent of the population that's in there or less like, yeah. yeah and and so what a lot so of people the, have there been isn't showing, much overhead for a pandemic crisis you do, yeah to, you don't have a lot of leeway and so what they've been showing at the bar graphs is with the with the measures that have that are being taken they're trying to lower the peak of infection and just prolong it mm. because if you get to what Stuart was talking about if you get to a point where too many people get infected too quickly you can't employ your resources to help to help cure and, or help prevent or help basically people get better so we basically have to stretch it out as long as possible where we keep the number of infected at a manageable rate so we're not being overrun it's just the problem is because of these preventative measures and hopefully that we can get to a point where we can, you know, basically expand, um, you know, the, the expand the time to where, like, we're not letting the infection rate just spike. Our economy is is going to be hurt. It's going to be time. hurt. I mean, I know we're a lot of people are happy because we're getting paid leave, but like. That's, that's terrible for money. a company. Yeah. Businesses are not generating revenue right now and yeah. depending who you work for, but. Well, uh, I'm lucky enough to work for a hundred billion dollar hedge fund. So, <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> ouch! That's a that's a that's a hot topic. Well, not, correction. Now it's seventy five billion dollars because the stock market just tanked twenty five percent. So, yeah, that if we have time, we can we can touch on that briefly. Uh, maybe not. That's probably not the most kind of old news. But yeah, anyway, it's old news. But um, but that's that's where that's one of the biggest issues and that's something that I wanted to kind of touch on later why the virus is so weird is it, it, like if we look at the economic standpoint from everything supply side economics like this has thrown stuff into a funk because oh, yeah. China China's had the highest rate of infection and, and they make 80% of the stuff can, yeah can, can we also just precursor this like I wish I swore more but it's just frick China <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on china's not the only one there's something with iran going on that is super suspicious yeah like major those but, mass graves dude i like we'll, we'll get to it because i don't I, yeah 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 yeah. we kind of got an order that we but gotta, yeah like the economic side of it that's what scares me and i it'll tie into china because if you are a pessimist like me or a tinfoil hat wearer um you're going to think, oh, somebody manufactured it. Chemical warfare is real. Very much so real. Yeah, especially with modern like gene splicing. And especially when we try to, you know, carry the biggest stick into the fight, yeah. like stuff like that with our huge military might, people have to create yeah. illnesses to do that. Like that's an old war tactic. Around yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, that that's something that's been done for throughout history where if you have a less superior force, you try to employ means like that where you poison Let's their get them sick. Yeah, you poison their water or you spike their food or stuff like Crash that. Crash their infrastructure. Yeah, and like but Is that what happened to Rome? Uh, possibly. Uh, you, 
basically, but yeah. there's a little, there's definitely more nuance. The Roman there, stock but. market was like really weak because <laughs> of like bad speculation. <sighs> the, the oil speculation was just so out of hand <laughs> in Rome. All that olive oil, they were just <laughs> too much speculation. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, because China is like the heartbeat of the world's manufacturing uh, and the, like supply side economics, they've thrown the entire world into a funk. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, China could lose. China could lose a million people and not bat an eye. Oh, they don't care. They don't care at all. And the the loss, like they're taking losses. Like I, I've read something that this quarter they're expected to lose. I forget how much of their GDP, but like China has generated so much wealth and capital that like it's, it's almost not a, really going to touch them. It's not, and they have their city so concentrated with all their manufacturing areas, like they could easily expend their resources and put it where it needs to be. Like the rural areas, they don't care about them. Yeah, they can they can get right back to where they were. Yeah. as soon as this is over, it's going to be easy for them to to get right back to where they were. And it's so strange too because you have the Hong Kong protests that are still going oh, on, yeah. and that's the investment sector because they let Hong Kong become like a like a, um, a, a sovereignist. Yeah, yeah, because they they gave them more leeway. They just they didn't tax them as much. They didn't give them as much regulation because they were the ones that were going to go out and generate capital. So they yeah. don't have as much uh, manufacturing, but you have yeah. more banks um, and financial groups that work out of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And because they wanted to leave China, uh, that that didn't spell well for them. So you have that going on with China. <laughs> you also yeah. have this other thing that people just still don't want to talk about with China. Oh, the organ harvesting? Uh, organ harvesting is very much so one thing. The other thing too, they've got a they've they have a reassimilation camp and then oh yeah, filled with over a million plus. I think they're called Uyghurs, oh, yeah. which it's it's Chinese people that live more towards the the Middle East area that mm-hmm. are Muslim that yeah. China threw into like concentration camps. Yes, and they call them like reeducation or reassimilation camps. Yeah, and the thing is the day like. People, literally, it's speculative. They don't know if they're putting people back into society to assimilate. They don't know if they're brainwashing people. They don't know if they're just killing them. So if China is playing dirty and they did manufacture this, they have the best test group imaginable. Like, mm-hmm. you could you could create a super efficient bug if you had a million people to test it on. Yeah. A million plus people. They think there's even more. They think there's around two million. Some of the highest estimates. You could easily hyper focus. What's, what's crazy though is even a year ago, this would have been like, oh, you're you're wearing a tinfoil hat, man. Like you're you're going into crazy conspiracy. Like yeah. none of this is like no, well, none of this was known. No one like it wasn't like readily accepted or, or like it wasn't. Oh, we have the all the facts here. Whereas now it's like, holy crap, China is actually doing all this crap. We have evidence. We have proof. We we can see it happening. Yeah. Like so, this is it's just so now. crazy. So and like, yeah, go ahead. Kind of adding to the conspiracy thought about this, and I didn't know about that set. So this kind of adds to it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting factoids of the last year or so is more than in any other period of time, there have been more resignations of CEOs of large corporations than ever before. Weird. Yeah. Oh. And so there's a like, speculative... like, but what, what? Like worldwide corporations or just United States? I don't know enough about it. Chinese um, corporations? But just in general, just kind of like going back to the Illuminati elitist type uh, New World Order Weird. group of, of you're like, yeah. you well-off know individuals. You know what's really odd about that? T-Mobile CEO uh, put in his resignation. Yeah. 
Now, given they did, they did just have a huge, um, whatchamacallit, a huge merger with Sprint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was just like sailing off into the. I sunset. mean, all this stuff is speculative, but, but at the same time, with all these weird. CEOs, like like we've we've talked before on the cons- on the Area Fifty One podcast, all these conspiracy theories. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I've thought of that I still am kind of concerned about is, is privatized intelligence organizations. Oh, um, that work for large corporations to gather intelligence. Like corporate espionage, not necessarily corporate espionage. Like the same way that the CIA gathers information, for they like, gather information from everywhere as much as they possibly can. Yeah, to try to to try yeah. to determine Filter out what is um, important, like oh. uh, threats against the country. In the same way, you would hire a private intelligence organization to gather intelligence and information about market trends. And yeah, if I was a ginormous corporation i would want to do the exact same thing i'd want to know what's coming up and yeah and so if like, you had like 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 advanced specialized uh consultation to a sense more than that but but like the umbrella that they're allowed to work out of is broad that's the weird thing yeah because it's mm-hmm. private yeah so like say like you have like a cia agent who's infiltrated say like china somewhere yeah that is a private intelligence officer for Jeff Bezos, just just as an example. Yeah, um, he gets a job working for some Chinese corporation and starts getting wind of all this stuff that's happening. Just gathers um, the intelligence, sends it home, and, and, and sends it back. Jeff Bezos has other people who will take that information in. And once again, we're just just to be clear, we're using Jeff Bezos just because <laughs> he's he's multi. He's the easiest target because he's super rich. <laughs> it was easy to pull pull, pull him out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so then if you can kind of put some dots together to say, oh, China's cooking up something. Uh-huh. That's gonna crash the world market to put them on top. I'm not gonna. I'm I'm sitting on 200 million cash right now. I'm just gonna cash out, grab as much as I can, run off, make the moves. Yeah. yeah, and that's the weird thing because when we talk about like insider trading and stuff like that, where you catch wind, like you. Well, have that's un- that's how you gain money, like on the stock market. Yeah, you like you have to have some type of information, like if you're yeah. gonna make moves, like. Or the speculation, like... Well, there's a lot of rules with the information that you can get. So, like, before... Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, before a big product is announced that's going to, like, change the game, you have, like, 48 hours beforehand where then you can then play in the stock market. And but that's, you can't go, like, two weeks beforehand. To, right. And that's why you have yeah. to have put those controls within your company and you have to have yeah. different levels but, of clearance. But if you have, like, privatized intelligence that, like, is life intelligence, like, like your own CIA-type thing... Yeah. Um, ...that just kind of feeds you intelligence, not necessarily for, like, insider trading... But just what's going on in the rest of the world? Um, it's it's yeah. I would totally do that if I had the money. Yeah, you're just like, like if I mean, I was we have privatized military. Well, groups, think about so. it, like our like information is just that's the that's the premium right now. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that definitely. taps you into everything. It's more valuable than any dollar. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they, yeah. I've I've been watching the TV show Homeland a lot lately. That's kind of what sparked my idea. Mm. Of, yeah, or my thought of a private privatized intelligence agency, because we have like private security firms for like CEOs and stuff that hire yeah ex Navy SEALs and things like that. Why not hire ex CIA guys to conduct to, conduct to their conduct stuff? S, like 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 intelligence operations on in different countries to try to keep you informed on what's going on around the world. Yeah, well, that, well that's business. I mean, how is that information exclusive only to the government? Well, like, yeah. why, I, I mean, it wouldn't be too far fetched to just think that. That type of information can be like gathered for anybody. Well, it's probably also through corporate tax breaks, through lobbying and things of that nature. Yeah, it's like it really is quid pro quo in a sense where mm-hmm. I feed you some info, you get this tax break for me, or yeah. you push this legislation through. 
I, I think a lot of it is probably businesses themselves doing it. They just have their people in house doing what you're yeah. describing yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They, or they have, they have ties to people. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, it, not necessarily as much of a corporation, but I thought, I think one of the reasons why the church, why the LDS church was so quick to like, say we're shutting down travel, we're doing X, Y, and Z. Do you remember that story? How president Nelson talked about how he just felt like he needed to develop a strong bond with the Chinese people and how he made that friend who was like a world yeah. Yeah, yeah, leading yeah. surgeon in China. Mm-hmm. What if he knew people? What if he had wind of stuff too? Where like, well, he did say last conference that this conference is not going to be like anything else. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even thought that point. might be. That's a good point. That might be the tinfoil hat we're looking for. He just shows up and he's like, <laughs> "Told you." He was specifically referencing the fact that it's the 200th anniversary of the first vision. Oh, that's true. Right, right, right. But right. but at the same time, we assume that could be a guise for <sighs> to try to because I mean, like if he would have said something more direct, it could have been interpreted. Oh, that like President Nelson's not going to know. Like that. I mean, say that China has organized the super virus and is trying to take over the world well not um, even not even a super virus it's just like china knew how much it was spreading because wuhan was like the epicenter for it like that's where it started yeah. and so if he had people friends in china who were very affluent china is all about having connections with people that's yeah. how like that's how your that worth is, is yeah that's how your worth is measured they call it wang shi i think is i'm probably butchering uh, it it's well, anyway, how do you pronounce it? I don't. I don't know. At least that. But the, there is the. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, my wife would be so mad at me for not remembering. What, <laughs> Come on, something Stuart. credits. There's social credits. Oh, they have the social credits. Yes, the soy credit or something. Anyway. Like how they're doing it with yeah, like like measuring. Uh, your they have the facial recognition. Yeah, yeah, they have the facial recognition yeah. stuff, and they're spying on people. But like mm-hmm. Wang Shi is just like a business principle. So it's basically like. Because I know okay. you and I've made this good connection with you and we, we trust each other. I'm going to feed you <laughs> stuff. You feed me and we're all made better well, because of that it. Concept, but yeah, so that's cool. how China rolls. But here we vilify that concept. We call, oh, totally. it, we, we call it quid pro quo yeah. half the time. Even though here it's more of like a sexual thing. Yeah, well, it's but the nature itself is not. Yeah, but. it's not. It's literally just I give you something, you 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 give me something, mm-hmm. you scratch my back, I scratch yours, to that nature. But I I like do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the church. Do you, do you know how many sound systems I've installed for people to just kind of kick back in my favor jar? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep, I'm gonna call call in a favor here. But Ben does collect favors for sure. Yeah, but I don't cash them in very often. It's debatable. <laughs> but uh, when have I ever cashed in? Like the biggest favor I've ever cashed in was uh, uh, when my truck got stranded in Green River. And... Oh well, yeah, and you did need the help though. Yeah. But anyway, it's all good. It's... So, no, just, so we can we can talk about so you can, later. So, so getting so getting we're back... still good friends. Sorry, just really, I, I really I just want to say publicly, Ben is is a good friend of mine, <laughs> and I do like him. Okay, moving forward. But getting back to the economic part of it, the thing that worries yeah. me. And why I think it might have been manufactured is because if you look at business cycles and how they circulate over time, they go through peaks and troughs. And we really, because we had the recession in 2008 and 2009, and then 2010 ever since, economy's had it's steady, it's had steady growth. And then under Trump, it just, it, it, it had a Exploded. lot more growth. 
I'm wondering if people were worried that it was just going to keep getting higher and higher and higher to a point of like. Well, that's kind of everybody's been talking about. There's there's something that's going to come that's going to tank everything, and it's just a matter of when. Well, that's like, well, that's because in market trends, that's how it goes. Like you, yeah. like they didn't have as profound recessions as they did, but they've had them like in the 70s, like during. The Nixon? The no. OPEC oil crisis? Yeah, they had OPEC. Yeah. LBJ's presidency, the inflation rate just went through the roof. Yeah. Um, and Carter. It, like, yeah. yeah. And, and the, I, th- I wonder if there was some type of backdoor deal where the, like, the market's just going to get too out of hand if we keep this up. Yeah. We got we to pull them back. They're like, back oh, so, bit. like, we don't have the housing market to blow stuff up. Now, what do we have to do? Uh, we have China because they have all the manufacturing. Okay, let's do that and let's shake everything up. Yeah. And... And the other place that's really affected is the European Union because look at all of them. They're all banded together. Yeah. yeah. All their stuff's Free going travel, out. like in between countries. Yeah, that's the another place. The over there is just, yeah. It's, it's through the roof right now. Yeah. Build the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will build it in the Atlantic Ocean and keep the Europeans from coming here. Uh, is Has UK has Brexit officially gone through? I think so. Do Are they not <sighs> part of the Union? I think so. Like, it was recent. Like It was this year, like maybe back in November. I'm, I'm I'm just gonna look it up to be yeah, honest. Yeah, dude, what if this economic disaster prompts some type of civil war amongst the European Union? Uh, they're too laid back. They're not gonna do anything. <laughs> I mean, I was yeah. just in Germany back in November, and Germany like, would have the best reason to do it because everybody asked Germany to fix their problems. Yeah, Brexit um, 2020 was uh, uh, Friday, January 31st at 4 p.m. Oh wow. So they're out. Yeah. But like I said, like I like the Europe the the whole vibe in Europe I got was just everybody is just kind of there doing their own thing and like there's not very much like hostility between the nations or anything like that. Yeah. To like actually band together. And nobody has any like thing to band with. Like nobody has guns over there like yeah, like, and I'm not trying, <sighs> trying not to be like racist or anything, but a lot of the crime that happens up there is is not European based. Yeah, um, they they do have a lot of because they have the open borders and people can just come and go as they want. It really does create influxes because a lot of crime comes from cultural yeah. differences. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you have and, large influxes and, of people who don't know how crap goes down in your country, so, so like yeah, uh, you're gonna like, have crime. Yeah. I, I don't know the specific numbers on this, so I'm going to butcher them, and it's going to make me sound super bigoted or racist. But xenophobic. Um, ever since the the Syrian refugee crisis and everybody just flooded to Europe, it has drastically changed a lot of the cultural um, status quo and balance that's in the European Union. Um, to the point where, well, well first even before that, um, the culture in Europe has changed so much in the last fifty years that, like. The population of Europe, I'm, I'm being kind of really kind of general in this, but like 40% of the people in Europe are actually considered Europeans. Yeah. Um, European is a minority state. Yeah, they're not, they're like, not the majority anymore. It's not just a bunch no, of white people Like anymore. even in Italy, only like 45% of the population are considered like full-blooded Italians. Yeah. Um, the rest of them are We're all, not saying that it's a bad thing. We're no, just saying that it is a thing. They're just saying that yeah. it is a thing. And like the like a Muslim population in Europe it's is high. Is, is extremely high. Germany's had a lot Germany's had a huge influx of of, of Muslim immigrants, yeah. Yeah. refugees. Yeah, and, and it's a cultural thing because it's the same reason like US is in the same pattern. We're about ten years behind. Um 
I had a I had a BYU professor who who actually did his dissertation on uh, birth rates and society and a societal growth and demise based on birth rates, and found out statistically speaking, like the birth rates like two point two is the point of no return, and that one point eight is unsustainable, mm. and Europeans at like one point four. We're we're not far behind. We're not far behind. We're like two point three. Um. Guys, you got to get married. You got to get at it. <laughs> Make the babies. You're the one who's married. Where's your baby? <laughs> you know, give me time. <laughs> but you know what's interesting though, like with birth rates and mortality. Sorry, Joanna. <laughs> but but you know, but you know what's interesting with that though is there's a lot of um, there's a lot of economic uh, like proponents for making it to where we don't overpopulate and we like uh, they a lot of people think that one child one or two children per household is the way well, to do like it. i'll even admit when i grew up as a kid i wanted to have like six kids yeah. but now that i'm older i'm like i can't afford six kids Are you kidding me <laughs> yeah it's well it, it's tough like so if you look at a play like a, one of the reasons why a lot of african countries have so many issues with poverty um, and disease and things like that is because they they have too many children and they don't have enough resources to feed them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having babies. Like I think it's, Oh, what country was it that I read about? It's one of the countries on the Western coast there. The no, women were having Morocco? like, no, it wasn't Congo. Morocco. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but they were having <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I, I know them all. I'll list them. <laughs> they were having roughly five to six children. Like, yeah, that's so many kids, but the, but the mortality rate was crazy high because they couldn't feed them all. Mm-hmm. And, and because they don't have the infrastructure, their waste is just thrown everywhere, which creates a lot of environmental yeah. issues. The it, universe is finite. Their resources are finite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, oh, Thanos. Don't Thanos. you snap. Oh my God. Don't you snap. <laughs> no, but like, well, I mean, we're talking about that. Like we're like, but overpopulation is a very real thing. And it, it just, because we're always in a battle with, with, well, not a battle, but we're always in this struggle to figure out how we employ our resources effectively. And if you have too many mouths to feed, it, it's not going to be efficiently allocated amongst your, uh, amongst your society. And th- that's why a lot of people think that stable growth is not overpopulating and you maximize the economic efficiency per person, which is kind of like what we've done since the dot com boom yeah. is just worker efficiency in developed nations is just through the roof like yeah. higher than any point in time like the the output that you can get per per person in an, in an economy is so high you don't need to have a ton of people because i can generate the same amount of revenue as like six people did during the industrial revolution <laughs> yeah. just, six just that's a little low man i think you can get like a whole like 800 a whole factory <laughs> come on like, man like, but, but yeah that that's the real point that we have like there, uh, like it's just kind of a weird, more just like, become an Instagram model. Like you can do the whole thing. See, this but we're, is, this but, is we're, the, but we're seeing a real, a, like a yeah. like our, our how we interact with our world now. Like we're seeing with the technological advances that we have, we're we're, we're seeing repercussions for what we have. Like we're we're seeing immense struggles yeah. amongst the human population because we're having such a quick speeding up of how we consume our resources and how basically we survive and how we live and what our standard of living is 
uh, we're, we're, it's just, it's creating this, all these issues that are popping up and, you know, we're, we're always playing catch up, I guess, and trying to involve with the problems that come with it. But you're making the base argument that people do for, for UBI, for universal basic income. Um, do you know what that is? Yeah. 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 Like it was, and it was basically the, the, the most important part of Andrew Yang's, um, uh, campaign yeah but that, like which i which i thought would never work in a million years on paper it'd be no. great but it's it, it would never pass congress no ever yeah. but that's what that's the argument that people make is that we've we've uh automated ourselves out of out of purpose um and like with the technological advancements that we've made in the last 50 years pro- like employee productivity has just skyrocketed um like my like a good example is my dad's work office. He worked for a company HP before it was really what it is today. Yeah, um, and worked in the first office outside of Silicon Valley. It's based in Colorado Springs, and it's a massive complex, like three million square feet. Uh, it used to be a manufacturing facility for the equipment that they made, um, and then they split off and became a new company. Uh, but then they suffered in the dot com boom of ninety nine, mm. and had been struggling for fifteen years or so to try to claw back from that. Um, and, uh, I mean, I watched him through that the whole time. Like they didn't even find real success until like 2011, 2012, 2013 before they actually found real success and, and hold from recovering from 1999 only to get spun off into a new company again, but they found good success. But, but what I'm saying is in that 3 million square foot facility that used to held hold thousands of employees, um, was just, decimated to the point where like half of one floor was then occupied out of three buildings. Wow. Three two-story buildings. Um, it's like 500,000 square feet out of 3 million was being occupied. And the rest of the building was just sitting empty. Sheesh. And it used to be a facility that like had thousands of workers. They were actually, they were right before the dot-com bubble boomed. They had poured footers to build a new building because they had to run out of space goodness <laughs> and and then they just they clawed it back and now it's a bit bigger than that now but they've actually had a lot of success in the last few years but but this is the reckoning that we're seeing because we haven't properly adapted our workforce and that we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't gotten enough people into specialization of different jobs to where like our our education system is based upon general studies and like getting to See, like actually, a lot of it a lot, doesn't get you anywhere. a lot well, of it a lot of a lot of your curriculum that you study if you're in a public high school is basically pass your graduation test mm-hmm. and then this will get you prepped for college like so my I, teachers I, would always say this will prep you for college when you're in college you'll learn this it's like do you realize that like a good chunk of us statistically won't go to college and we don't need to go to college for what we want to do like yeah that's a problem that we're seeing because trades are not valued trades are not championed it's a it's definitely an honest way to make a living and you can make and a good living too. yes yes Not like in particularly with the with the extreme shortage that we're dealing with i mean yeah like the trades are getting like they're, they're the pay for them are is honestly going up and up and up yeah. just because of the rarity yeah. and you don't even have to be that good at it anymore. <laughs> not, <laughs> like, not anymore like all the good people right now especially in utah work uh, in th- one of three places at the moment because of the three biggest construction projects the airport the new prison and one other I forgot, but yeah, yeah, like all the good tradesmen are gone. So if you want to like, like I kind of feel bad because both my brother and my cousin just built brand new houses. And I, when I was walking through them, they're terrible. 
Like there are so many things that are just out out of plumb, out of out of, like they're not square. Yeah. So many mistakes that are just overlooked because they're like trying to build houses as fast as they can, but all the good labor yeah. is in the constr- is in the commercial there's sector. So much growth here. And so there's no skilled tradesmen that are working and building these houses. To the point now where I'm like, heck, I'm gonna build my own freaking house because I don't trust anybody to do it right but now. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're sending people, we're flooding people into colleges to, to get loans that they don't need to pay for a degree but, that a lot of them won't need. So, like, so won't here, here's something that I think we need to actually kind of culturally shift and change. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like we still need to have some sort of base level education, like high school level education. Oh, for sure. That, but it shouldn't last until 12th grade. It should be up until eighth grade. And then you spend your high school learning, Learning something, learning your trade. I would, I would actually yeah. fully support. So I that kind of, I kind of think we need to go back to a kind of an apprentice style, master style. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I am thing. down. Yeah, um, where, where when you are 14, 15, 16, you get an internship with these companies that then are willing to train you. See, that's the hard part is like these massive companies don't want to train anybody either. Yeah, um, they just want you to work. That's why you have all these applications like, oh, we want somebody who needs five years experience for an entry level position. That's a good point you bring up because we're in the election cycle right now. We're talking about these corporations, these rich people. Um, we're pissed that they don't pay taxes because we think that they're robbing the system, even though they're creating more jobs, they're creating more yeah. wealth. The greed is very much so a real thing. And a lot of people totally. do hoard money and very, horrible ways but, but honestly, eventually the but, but like you but like you said though if you incentivized businesses corporations to where you say you get the tax break but you don't get it just because you're here you need to comply with a couple things first off you need to dedicate x number of people to train these kids in this school to learn these jobs that you want. Yeah, and like and that's an investment because it's a two-way thing. Yeah. Because a business could write that off as an investment on mm-hmm. what they're doing to help mm-hmm. generate more revenue from their company because they're gonna build more more tax breaks anyway. Correct. Yeah. You're gonna get more tax breaks, you're gonna get more skilled workers, and they're gonna be able to create more products for you. Yeah, and, and they're going to be skilled at it too. And at the same time, we're giving people skills, which is a huge problem that we have, and that people do not have the skills that these corporations are looking so, for. Like I'm about to graduate with my degree in engineering. Yeah. Um, everything that I have learned in the last nine years at school that I've been in is 50 years old. Yeah. Maybe maybe 30. Um, and each individual class I could take, I could spend five years studying each one of those classes to be able to learn this, all the skills necessary to be able to function in that field. And so the problem, even in a technical degree like I'm working on, by the time I get to a job in any sort of place, I'm still five years behind anybody else that's working there. And I like and and that's 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 hard. And so like and we've also graduated to a point where you can't just learn this baseline information in these highly specialized fields. It's not it's not enough. Because you don't have enough information to, to work anything. So you have to start earlier to even just start finding anywhere to be. Right. Because the the skills necessary to actually function in that position have been developing for the last 15, 20 years. Right. That now there's so much more that isn't in school to learn. Right. Like, my dad got the same degree 35 years ago, and I'm still telling them things that I'm learning. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I learned that. That was 35 years ago. Yeah. And he's... It's not evolving. It's not, like... It's a, it is a little bit. There are, like, specialized classes that have come up based on new technologies, but the baseline math is still the same. But there's so much more that has been built onto that that is so much more complicated using electro, like computer models and stuff mm-hmm. that we just don't know because we don't have enough time to teach it. Yeah. But that's the thing because 
we're teaching people in school like yeah we don't have the time to teach it but we're not if we're not properly because we're trying to teach them so much when they really don't need necessarily all that information because you're going to specialize in a specific field anyways. They, they don't. I think it's important that you teach them how to properly speak the language so you can communicate properly. <laughs> but yeah. I don't necessarily think you need like seven years of English. No. You just need enough to where they can form a sentence. and You don't need to pro- read Huck Finn and, and how to pro- Scarlet Letter. And, and how to properly <laughs> express. How dare you insult the classics? How dare you? But like Sir. to a point where like a, like a person can express how they feel and like what you would have in a business setting no matter where you are. Um, and then you teach them history because we, you know, that's it's important to you know be a good citizen and know your roots. Mm-hmm. And then you have situational math that's not, you know, I don't need to take advanced trigonometry when I'm not going to be using it. At I do. All. I use it every day. Yeah, you do. I don't <laughs> like. I don't either. Oh, and and the other thing too about our school system is that it it puts a bunch of kids cramped into classrooms with teachers that are overrun and they can't fine-tune the curriculum teaching kids that they don't understand why they're being taught things that's the biggest disconnect that teachers have in the classroom is kids are they're trying to teach kids stuff that they don't know why they're learning yeah and i like teachers get a raw deal because they they're given like 30 kids in a classroom that they're going to spend the entire day with or a good chunk of their day like teach them literally everything you can like and they're given unrealistic expectations because then you have graduation tests that you have to get. And if you don't pass your graduation test, your school doesn't get funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and your teaching marks go down. Yeah. And so, like, No Child Left Behind, first off, needs to be completely repealed and just, like, eradicated. It, it like, we we don't yes. need that type of – we should just let the states figure out what they what oh, they want their yeah. curriculum to be. And let it go from there, mm-hmm. not have it nationalized. But then we need to get back to a point where we're teaching more skills in school because yeah. students are not learning skills and yeah. we're wasting their times because a lot of kids, I graduated when I was 18. Like, like by that point I was, a, I was an adult and yeah, I didn't, I didn't have any marketable skills at that time. Like, yeah, like none, none. And my senior year, I don't know about you, but like my senior year was a complete waste of time. Yeah. Like I, I didn't take a single class that was challenging. Um, I, I, I should have taken an AP calculus class, but I, I didn't really want to because I don't really care for math that much. Yeah. But yeah, so like I took like the the easiest math that I possibly could. I took an easy English yeah. class for the first time since going to school ever. Like I took two music class. I was in band. I also joined chorus yeah. for one year just because I was like, may as well let's fill up the time. Like, and so I had to go every day, and it was like not I didn't learn anything. There was there was one class my English class that I for the whole year. I would get a letter from my teacher or basically permission to go to the computer lab um, to work on a project that was like due at the end of the year. I, I went and we played, me and my friends would all meet up in the computer lab and we played Age of Empires 2. Yes. And that's all we did every yes. single freaking day. And that's what I learned in high school is that if I play the Teutons, like I'm unstoppable <laughs> and you cannot possibly win. That is what I learned in my senior year. Sorry, my senior year was a little bit different. I took AP Physics, AP Calculus. Oh, okay. So you actually <laughs> learned things. Well, like to be fair, like yeah and no. Like the, my hardest class was AP Calculus by far, but I had mm-hmm. the best teacher I have ever had, so that was very lucky. Oh, okay. Um, AP Physics class, we learned the first, we worked really hard the first semester. Second semester, we just goofed around because second semester physics is calculus based electromagnetic field theory, and even in college, you can't really teach that without Calc 3 and a good concept of multivariable functions. Mm. And so my, my my teacher in high school just basically said, here, each of you take a chapter, and for the entire semester, you're going to, like, 
do a presentation <laughs> on that chapter. Um, and then every week something's due. So some people had like had the whole semester to work on their project. Other people only had like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just every week on Friday, it's like during the week we'd all just work on our projects. And then on that Friday that week, whoever was assigned to teach that chapter taught that chapter. And basically <laughs> we all got A's. We didn't take any tests. We didn't really oh, wow. do anything. We had homework assignments. How'd you do on the AP test on that? Uh, it's a two-parter. I got a four on one and I got a oh. two on the other. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like four. Whoa. Yeah, I got, okay. I got four on the new Newtonian physics because I, I I took honors physics before mm-hmm. and so that kind of teaches the same Newtonian mechanics uh, in first semester uh, collegiate physics is just algebra based versus uh, calculus based um, so that was just basically taking the same class again just in a different way but mm-hmm. then E and M field theory was just I mean even still that's some complicated stuff so kind of bringing everything back because you know we're we're we've well, kind of we've kind of seen all these. Different. I want to tell one more story first. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, one of my other classes was my AP, where my honors English class. And the only reason why I took an honors English class that semester was because the teacher was super easy. Um, everybody oh. tried. Everybody tried to get in this particular teacher's <laughs> class, but she only taught honors English, so you had to like apply to the honors program. Um, and then once you got her, it was super easy. But the funny thing is, um, there was these two potheads uh, in my class. Um, I won't say their names, but. They, Wayne and Dwayne. <laughs> Wayne, and, Wayne and Dwayne. But they, they were on the verge of like failing and not being able to graduate. And um, I was a pretty good student. Uh, so, so it was me, Reggie Griffiths, and Kevin Coford. Ah. We're all in that class. You know them. I, I know all of them. Yes. Um, and we were kind of like a, a crew that just kind of – we actually did really well in that class, did all our assignments. Mm-hmm. But then our teacher pulled us aside and like said – in our last project said, I'm putting these people in your – group because i know they'll get an a because they'll be with you just let them <laughs> like <laughs> let them be a part of your group so that they can pass the class so that they can graduate and so like, okay sure whatever and so the, our final our last project that year was we had to read this book and come up with like a pre like a we had like five different projects that we could choose from one was like making a board game or one was doing something there's just five different things you could choose from the easiest one that i thought was making a movie trailer <laughs> of the book that we read. Now we read this really stupid book called Peak. It's like this like yeah. child. Have you read it? I have. <laughs> I never yeah. heard of it. Like it's this kid that has like divorced parents and his dad like kidnaps him to go and be the youngest person to climb Mount Everest. It's it's a really <sighs> stupid book. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh we read it um and we had to make a movie trailer. The movie trailer we made for it was awesome. I thought that was really I wish I still had it. I don't have it anymore. Yeah. But I basically told the guys the first day we started reading the books like, "Look, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is show up this day when we do the filming for the movie trailer and you'll get an A." Like <laughs> that's, that's it. That's all you have to do. I don't expect you to read the book. I don't expect you to do the assignments. I don't even expect you to help. Just as long as you're here so you can participate, you'll get an A. And they're like Sweet dude. And they showed up. <laughs> well done. It was great. I said, we're filming on Saturday after school, or Friday after school. You have to be here, 4 o'clock. We'll film it all. Be done in like two hours, and we'll be done. I'm like, great. And voila. And they showed up, and they got an A, and they passed, and they graduated. Um, in fact, you actually know one of them. I'm willing to bet I could name him right now. It's okay. We're yeah. not going to. Like, <laughs> we, have a tele- we have a telepathic bond right now yeah. that we know. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I had it wrong. It was, it was, it no, was. He wasn't like in the member. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. I, I know who he is. It yeah. was Thanos. Yeah, he was one of them. There was another guy. 
Have you seen the meme? This is really random. Have you seen the meme with the with the Venn diagram with Keanu Reeves, Thanos, Yoda, and Obama? And it just shows all the different combinations that you can get from merging them all together. Uh-huh. And like the the one in the very middle, it's called Yobo Macchianos. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a combination of all four. It is so funny. Like in all the different like combinations they have are just hilarious. I'll have to send you guys the meme for yeah, it. But take a look at that. bringing everything back everything to... Back. I Corona. Um, yeah, not- <laughs> the suck at vampires. And, and it's all good. <laughs> so, because we t- the economic side, I, I think we got the point. It's fascinating. Of like, this is fascinating, but also terrifying. Kind of horribly terrifying and kind of finding what the point is. So possibilities. It very well could just be like other viruses. It just, it adapted. That's how it went. Freakish nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what's what's the uh, survival of the fittest dude? Um, Darwinism. Yeah. Some Darwinist stuff. Yeah, could be that. Very or, well could be. Or it could totally be China trying to get back on the top. It and could have been China. Cut us back. Yeah, I like I think there's a lot of reasons why China would because Trump went after him with the tariffs. Mm-hmm. And And also Hong Kong is wanting to join America. Like they're the way yeah. the American flags Hong Kong freaking loves Trump. Yes. And if they can make America seem less appealing by have Great, yeah, the virus might have gotten out in China, but honestly, so, so, it may be less deadly at that point and may evolve to the point where it is more deadly in America and might make America a more scary place. Or it's just a smokescreen. It's just to oh, totally. get people so, away from so thinking here, about it. So here's something interesting that I just kind of thought about. Um, there is this mass hysteria when it comes to, is Trump doing a good job as a president? What if this is his final hour, or not his finest hour, and... So far, I will eat so, all the coronavirus. Listen, personally. I will drink every single Corona there is. I will take it for the team. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're we're at the we're at the beginning of this, and there, I mean, I'm not going to lie that this thing has also been hyper politicized because mm-hmm. it is an electric near, and everybody's saying that he has done a horrible job. Honestly, if you look at it objectively, we're in uncharted territory. There is no playbook for this. Um, I am going to say so far he's sounded like an idiot in the conferences and yeah. he's tried to downplay everything. And well, I mean, if you I think about it, I understand. you don't want to try to incite a panic. So Absolutely. you want to try to downplay it. But at the same time, the, to the level that he's been doing it, it is, it's is like laughable. Well, like, I, I will admit, I don't I purposely don't listen to him at all. Uh, like yeah. I, I can't because yeah. it's, it, you're like. This is this. So is I don't the, know ne- what he has said. Your words it's, are stabbing my ears. It's the never. <laughs> it's the never-ending run-on sentence. Is okay. with with Trump. He just. It, it's, you know the thing. It's like the thing, and I'm really good at it in America, and I have big hands, and 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 and, and, and you know, it's all we're we're no, winning. I, I purposely don't listen to him. Most of my information oh my comes from Ben Shapiro. I like him, so I kind of listen. Okay, to a lot listen, of guys, because your facts really don't care about this at all, because it's spreading really fast, and because of China and their economic. Uh, like good old good old well good luck with that good old (laughs) (laughs) i want to see jordan peterson we are assembling he's he's been so sick lately he hasn't done that much we're assembling the public speaking avengers right now oh man yeah the uh, we're starting the uh avengers initiative right now with well uh, you know what you've got to do (laughs) is you just gotta clean your damn room Alex Jones when comes in. Up the- <laughs> now listen here, because you people, you are the ones who will fight the virus. You yourselves. You have to say no to the globalists that want to keep you down. All of them. Could you imagine, like, like a a, a round table discussion about this whole like, like the- Joe Rogan's in it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they have the intellectual dark. But man, web. you gotta have the weed, <laughs> dude. We will fight it DMT. with DMT. <laughs> 
DMT is always the answer. Man, everyone needs to expand their minds. There, there, We're a, establishing a certain method that hallucinogenics play in this world that we need to like. They're, they're powerful stuff, man. <laughs> and you're like, power. Why don't we just test it on chimpanzees? Like, because he has a fascination with chimpanzees. Yeah. He always oh, he brings up back the monkeys. Like, but could you imagine? Like, that's our task force. Like, to fight the coronavirus. <laughs> Joe Rogan, Jordan <laughs> Peterson, Peterson, Ben Shapiro, <laughs> Alex Jones, and, the, and Neil deGrasse Tyson. And Neil deGrasse Tyson. We need some. Please. We need some scientists. So, the oh, astrophysicists. <laughs> Not Who any knows? sort of biologist, but well, the astrophysicists. I mean, he is well-rounded in all the fields, as he says. Oh, all the and time. Bill Nye. Bill Nye, no. Bill Nye's gonna be no. like Bill Nye's. No, Bill Nye is there to. He's like Ozymandias in uh in in the Watchmen. Like he <laughs> seems like part of the group, but he really has some like ulterior motive. And yeah. he's just like, who's actually paying me for this? You pay me, I'm gonna say what you tell me to say. Like. <laughs> I'll do it. Because that's what he does. He's yeah, more yeah. of an actor than anything. Yeah, absolutely. True. But, uh, yeah, the political stuff, this, it's really Neil interesting. Neil deGrasse Tyson will be like, we just gotta, we gotta, we gotta expand our universe. You know we gotta what? get out there. Here's Into he, the stars. Here's and The more we are Carl, out there. Carl Sagan talked about harnessing energy. Universal <laughs> Neil deGrasse, he's like, this is actually gonna kill the planet. Let's go colonize the moon and Mars and... Uh, Forget. Just dump all the money the with Earth. Bezos and... And uh, Musk, and they'll get us there. So two other people that are, so Bernie Sanders is going to be on there because <laughs> we need to figure out healthcare because ninety nine percent of all Americans are going to be infected with the virus and they don't have healthcare to take <laughs> care of them through this time. And, and, and the insurance companies, speaking they, they of just, which, they just we've got two presidential candidates who are in their seventies. Yeah, 77 uh, and 78. Maybe the coronavirus was just released to murder all the presidential candidates. And we, we have. have a president who is in his 70s, 70s. Uh-huh. who just met with a Brazilian official who has Uh-oh. said that he he was infected with the coronavirus. Dude. We'll see what happens. What if? Okay, okay. so now it's time to speculate. After all this is over, what is it going to look like? Well, Fallout. Fallout, Fallout, like, the Fallout like, universe. Do we do we think that this is just going to be kind Super of like mutants? a bad <laughs> a bad storm where once it's all over, we just kind of like pick up and kind of chug back along, or is there going to be serious ramifications? Well, okay, I think to get to that point, we need to figure I don't out. Think we know enough yet to call I, it. because that's the problem is because it started off with the flow of information that we got, it was almost unanimous that this is just bad flu. Yeah. Well, and, and, the, and China worked really hard to do that. So that, honestly, yeah. that makes me more suspect of that. The misinformation. Well, they put their, they put the doctors who were, um, what you call it? Diagnosing coronavirus. They would put them in jail. Yes. They, they, kept, they rounded them all up and kept them away. Like intentionally for like down. a long time. So word would not get out. China is just, there's so there's two there's got to be something I'm going to say it again there's got to be something China. So so going back to like because I think if we got to figure out what the aftermath is we have to figure out what how big is the impact going to be here because we've already we don't have enough time to talk about all the e- economic no. stuff but we pretty much touched upon the supply side and then also the demand side and just stuff is getting thrown out of whack and we're going to have a lot of people not working. NBA season ended. All that mm-hmm. revenue's gone. NCAA, well, NBA isn't officially over. NCAA is over. So from the March Madness tournament, all that stuff's gone. That's like their biggest money yeah. maker, too. I mean, there's going to have a year of like nothing. E3, the- E3 was canceled, like the video game business. South by Southwest. So who even yeah. knows what happens? Yeah, yeah. that too. Like Airline um, businesses. And it's crazy tra- because like- because Trump was saying that he would he would offer tax breaks and... 
assistance to people who you know are getting stuff. If if people aren't working, the go- the government's not not skimming their taxes. Nope. It, it, like, mm-hmm. where are they going to get the money from? Are they just going to go to the Federal Reserve and say, "Give us more money"? They're like, that's going to affect stuff too. But like, there's just so much economical stuff that could happen. We we just don't know enough yet. Like, we 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 haven't seen the impact yet here in America. The health stuff. The reason. The, so there's a, there's a couple different things. That, like, I, I I think there's a couple things that it, that could contribute to it. I feel like Charlie from. Uh, it's always sunny when he's trying to like uh, piece everything together yeah. and he's got the red string. <laughs> but option one would be China made it. China did it to mess with our economy as like, as like, Hey, listen here, you little turds. We're running the game now Not and you, you play by our rules mm-hmm. and we're going to make this just deadly enough to where it's going to kill off some old people. It's going to scare everyone into submission. And when you bounce back from this, as you will, because your workforce is still fine, you're you're gonna take those tariffs down, and you realize how how mm-hmm. much you need us now. Take those tariffs away, and we'll be fine. Uh, that could have been one thing, um, or it could just be that they just hate everything about us. Mm-hmm. Or the one that I think, which it, it's not as popular, doesn't make as much sense. I think Iran and China are in cahoots. Because oh, we didn't talk about the Musgraves, but anyway. So yeah, we, so yeah, we can talk about Iran itself. So Iran has been officially fudging their numbers. So the numbers yeah. that they were giving to the press and figures that people within this within the country had been totally up. There were huge discrepancies. I mean, big. And All by like several hundred thousand. Yeah, like like crazy amounts well, of. There's in, only like a hundred and twenty thousand confirmed cases now. Yeah, so it wasn't like I don't think it was in the hundreds of thousands, but it was thousands that they were they were screwing okay. up with, which is still a lot, like percentage yeah, yeah. wise. And so the biggest thing that came out was I think it was they said the death toll on February twenty eighth. The number that they gave to the press was low two hundreds, but they said in reality mm-hmm. it was like close to eight hundred. Um, actually, no, it wasn't in February that happened. No, it was 200 in February. Then it skyrocketed to 800 on the last count. And then today they said it's over a thousand. The reason the U S yeah. But the reason why we know about it is because they took satellite imaging from the graves that they're digging outside of Tehran. Um, it's a city that starts with a Q. I don't remember what it is. The city has Mm -hmm. over a million people in it. So huge area. And they're the, the, the graves are the size of football fields. Like it is, it's a mass grave. It's and, and, not. It's not. Oh, here's like an individual one. It's but like, why would they build a like a grave that big if they don't plan on filling it all the way? Yeah. And dude, like a thousand people already inside of it. That means they're probably bracing to kill off more people. Yeah. But well, and then go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also had that app to to try and help you diagnose. They they had an app in the app store to help you diagnose whether or not you had the coronavirus. And the thing is, they can't. You can't. You can't, you can't do that with an app. No, you can't do that with an app. But And so that's why it was taken out of the app store. But then, once again, Tinfoil Hat here is saying they're wanting to ha- spread misinformation yeah. so that more people don't realize that they do have it or what are the risks and think that they're okay and continue to spread it and get it further than it was going. So oh, so to try to, to try to like convince people that they're fine. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, no, you're okay. You don't need to get checked. And then you find, oh, maybe I do. So another dead for two weeks and I didn't even know it. So Iran already has, they're already, they're, they're lying. They're purposefully keeping their numbers lower, Mm -hmm. be it. Maybe they don't want to panic their people, but who knows how many people are even with their fudged numbers. They still had the third highest amount of infections because it was China, South Korea, um, uh, Iran, and then Italy. 
And then, but because like, but with the newest numbers that came out, Iran is closer to China now. And the fact that they are digging mass graves, like it's like they expected this to happen because that, that's not something that just gets done. Like, all right. Yeah, we have, we have a big grave now. Uh, I guess we, yeah, we'll do this in prep. Yeah. We're expecting to lose. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we can fit a good, like, like, do you know how long that would take to build? And like, we're talking, they probably did that in February. Like. So they knew, and the infant stages when all the information that was going around was that this is basically flu, and they dug mass graves during that time, they knew some shit was going on with it. So either they were in cahoots with China, Mm -hmm. and maybe China made the virus, or what I think makes more sense, I think Iran made the virus because... Tested it in China? (laughs) Iran, Iran's military strength is not one, like... One maybe that's why we killed the general unit. Correct. It's not just one massive group that they have chilling in. And it's Iran. not the U.S. Air Force. It's not the U.S. Army. Like it's yeah. Not the, well, the way Iran forces. functions is that they they basically have Hezbollah working through different countries. Mm-hmm. Like in Lebanon, they have it estimated that like pretty much Hezbollah runs the country through Lebanon. Like Lebanon's sovereign power is pretty much completely undermined. Yeah. Now Hezbollah is somewhat altruistic in their. Um, like in their mission, um, but they build hospitals. They they have a lot of like they have political initiatives, mm-hmm. like that are generally peaceful. They also function as like a like an intelligence agency. Um, and then of course, like in the news, Hezbollah was referred to as a terrorist organization. There's some countries that don't refer to them as that because they have these altruistic things that happen. But Hezbollah is bankrolled by the government of Iran. Hezbollah is has been found all throughout the place, and Iran has openly bragged that they are propping up multiple countries like um, uh, Yemen. Yemen was one, mm-hmm. um, and they're in this like type of cold war with Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So who do we trade our oil with? Saudi Arabia. They hate Saudi Arabia because Iran has a ton of oil, and Iran can't trade it. With, like we're the biggest people. Like we're the biggest consumers of oil in China. Mm-hmm. So Iran could be doing it for oil. Iran could be doing it because Trump provoked them. Yeah, with and killing. killed the killed Soleimani. Yeah, and, and then they could claim this as because they retribution. They, yeah, because they know that they can't attack us openly. We would stomp them into the ground if they tried to do anything physical to mm-hmm. us. So how do you do it? You create a virus, and they're smart enough because they infiltrate all these these countries that they have under their control. They're they're very astute people. They're creative. They're they're shrewd. Like they, like well, they're smart. And like, this is one of the things about all like the quote unquote terrorist organizations or these people over in the Middle East. Their resources are so few that they to have done what they are doing. They're doing so much with so little resources. They're good at figuring out ways around things and what's the most efficient. And that's the thing too. Yeah. Iran because they're bigger and. You know, the Persian history, they yeah. have a lot more resources than most countries. Their infrastructure is still pretty good. Like, Iran's living conditions actually aren't no, bad. Not bad, no, not at all. It's yeah. just we th- we don't think kindly of them because, you know, from the 70s yeah. on. You uh, know. It's really interesting to go back and look at pictures of Iran in the, in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. It, it's like a synonymous with the U.S. They had, like, large hotels and... Mm-hmm. And massive thing, and then they had the uh, the the revolution, the the um, Islam resolu- revolution to take over the country, and everything changed. Because, like, I mean, I'll I'll admit it. Like, when I think Iran, I think of the same thing. I think of Iraq, just a bunch of guys in black hoods in the desert, like goats. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Iran is 
not that. that. They are. Yeah. A, it's a very diverse country. And there's a lot of people in that place, and they, they have good enough infrastructure. There's a reason why they were able to manufacture uranium. <sighs> it's because they have smart scientists, and they they have the resources to do it. Um, they have very creative people, too. That's all I was kind yeah. of trying to get Yes, that, too. Yes. Is that, yes. like, they're, they've fought wars based off of nothing. Histo- uh, like, yes, yes. Um, they've been, no, basically, no resources have been given to them, but they've been able to continue to wage war. And that, yes. And but, now, let's grab those resources that, and then, so, what they can it do. It adds with, up. Your statement yeah. adds up because they went toe-to-toe with Israel. Yeah. And I, it was either a stalemate or, like, it was over some struggle over some part of I, I forget where it was geographically, but Hezbollah went toe to toe with Israel and held their own like mm-hmm. and severely like if you're if you're going off of like, yeah, Israel had all the wealth, they had the military power like nobody. Israel's military does not mess around like no at all. Suez Canal. <laughs> Uh, ten six day, day war, yeah, six day war. Like, yeah, we triple the size of the country. The Mossad, like, you know, they they're not to be reckoned with, and, and like, like Hamas or not Hamas, uh, Hezbollah went up against mm-hmm. them. Like, eh, that did okay, yeah, and like, like more than okay, yeah, yeah. And that's why we need to like because, like you said, we think like, oh, they're just a bunch of dumb like you know goat herders. When in reality, they are very smart. So I think. They could have developed it. Why are they having such yeah. a huge amount of infections? I don't know. Maybe maybe they didn't have it properly quarantined. They do have issues where they shot down that jetliner, um, where yeah. they thought it was a Amer- they they had a freak out with the with the comms, and so they're like, and they shot it down. When it turned out there it wasn't an American craft. It was literally a jetliner leaving with a bunch of Europeans on board, like yeah, and and, and Iranians. I mean, the, the, like they're smart, but then because they, they have so have many issues. people, they do have issues. So maybe, maybe it leaked out. Maybe they did it on purpose to make it look like they didn't do it because China also has a lot of yeah. shit going on as well. And because they are radical Islamists in the sense, like anything that you do to kill more Western or like anything that you can do to wage jihad is, is considered good. Yeah. It's like a philosophical approach to where they say, Okay, we have to sacrifice X number of our people, and since the virus is targeted towards the old, sorry, we're gonna okay, lose our old people. But we'll sacrifice okay. these people, but this is for the greater good to bring. Praise we will to kill Allah. the fat Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but that's a very real thing because we have been kicking their. We have been messing with them for a really, really long time. Yeah, and and they haven't been able to do anything back. Because, yeah, yeah, and they and they hate it. They hate us because we're friends with Saudi Arabia. And I mean, they want to be geopolitical players because they're propping up all those countries. China probably would want to get oil from them. Mm-hmm. China probably wants to play around with more countries because it's pretty much just been the U.S. and Russia that just gets to go to countries in the Middle East and just say, "No, we're going to help them out. No, we're going to help them out." And yeah. like, that's what Syria was all about. Yep. So it, maybe China wants to make a play. Maybe China's like, we don't have as many nukes as anyone else, but we have your economy by the balls. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we're gonna start, you know, messing around here. So until any evidence comes through, I'm probably wrong, but it's just so freaking shifty. Both of those countries always have ulterior motives always. Yeah. So there's just something up with those guys. Yeah, and you never know if China's telling the truth at all. Yeah. yeah you never do. Yeah. You lying hard. You never do. And that's, Personally, that's why I didn't want Trump to run for another term because he's pissing off China so much. Like, 
It's like, I, I know that they're taking advantage of us, but there's, we get so focused on like the, uh, the trade deficit that we have. It's like, okay, we have a trade deficit, but at what expense are you really, are you really willing to throw the economy into a massive flux to, to correct this deficit when like mm-hmm. our GDP is still leaps and bounds ahead of anybody else. Yeah. We still generate fat stacks when it comes down to it. Yes, we have our own issues in house to so how we distribute it. I'm not going to dispute that, but the hard cold facts are even with a trade deficit, the size that we have right now, where we are importing far more than we're exporting. It doesn't matter. We're still better off keeping these, these business partners. Yeah. And yeah, I understand that there's a problem and I'm not equipped to handle it, but the way like Trump's diplomacy tactics, just sometimes they aren't, they suck. I mean, he like the South Korea, North Korea thing. Cool. Awesome. But did anything change? But like, not, not really. I mean, but like he sits down with President Xi one day in China. And then the next he's like, oh, listen, you're going to get all the tariffs because you're a bad man. You're terrible. And I, I whipped your ass in golf. And not really. I don't think they played golf. But, I, yeah, who knows? But it's just so abrasive. And China does not like people to challenge their authority. Like, look at the Winnie the Pooh stuff like South Park talked <laughs> oh my about. Goodness. You know, yeah. like President Xi looked like Winnie the Pooh. And now Winnie the Pooh is blocked. Freaking banned in China. Banned. Their entire internet is just like, who's Winnie the Pooh? He doesn't exist anymore. <sighs> oh, bother. I had a, I had oh, a friend. No, I had a friend who was in China a couple months ago uh, on a tour, and they went to Tiananmen Square, um, and it's kind of like an Americanized tour, but it was with a native person. Yeah, and they kind of like kind of slowly took him aside and said, "Like, where, where was that picture?" And they looked. They, she, she kind of looked at him and said, "What picture?" And she kept, like everybody was kind of like, "You know what we're talking about," and she got really quiet and was just like. <laughs> and just pointed and just pointed he pointed by the way yeah 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 sorry i pointed and just yeah. and just pointed ben points um to where it was but then did not acknowledge it did not not verbally say anything um it, like it is crazy how much thought control is in and, and like mao is still revered in that yeah. country even though millions of people died because of mao so starved millions of people so I can I can I my my wife had uh, has has kind of a unique take on this because she served her mission actually in Hong Kong. Oh wow! And is really close with a lot of people from Hong Kong. She speaks Cantonese. She's also anyway learning Mandarin. Um, but so she's she's doing computer science at BYU. Yeah. Uh, and is involved in the tech field and everything like that. So um, there was actually a conference a little while ago when, um, a Chinese. Uh, engineer or computer science person. I, I'm sorry, I'm not that technical, so I'm dumb and I don't know. China computer man. You're not dumb. Stuart. China computer woman. Excuse me. <laughs> computer um, person. We are a gender here. Uh, sure. <laughs> anyway, but this this woman uh, from China and my wife met her a year ago at another conference, and the two of them talked. and And my wife was like, "Oh, teach me a cool phrase in Mandarin, just because it's kind of fun." And she taught yeah. her phrase. And then so this year she met her again and got to see her and was like, "Oh, hey, remember we talked last?" And it was like, "Yeah, I remember you." And and uh, it's been during these protests and everything. And um, and my wife wasn't going to bring up Hong Kong or anything like that, but the the Chinese. A woman did and she was like what do you think about all these uh you know what's going on in hong kong my wife was like i i don't really necessarily want to get involved or whatever but like it seems like you know hong kong's working hard to 
keep the rights and so I, I you know not I know you're from mainland but like I'm not not to argue with you but I, th- I think I think it, what at least what they're going for is a good thing and this woman went kind of off on my wife and oh, was like no. no like what they're doing is awful you can't like no you're you're causing more fighting and strife and people are losing their lives because they're just fighting for freedom like what is freedom does that even mean anything oh, and my oh, wife was oh. and my, my wife would try to not like argue anything but uh eventually like at one point my wife mentioned like well yeah but how do you feel about like tiananmen square or whatever and this woman was oh, like no. i was at tiananmen square and i fought for it and i regret it oh my gosh she's like no all of us like we i fought against the government and so many people died and that is my fault so talk oh about gaslighting no, totally. And but she like was adamant on it and was like, "No, it's not worth fighting. You need to assimil- like just make peace with China. That's what you like yeah. they, they need to do that and they need to come back to their country." Um and then uh even the that next That's unreal. Yeah, no, it blew my mind. It blew my wife's mind. My, my wife was like, "I don't even know how to handle this." Anyway, so left the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of sh- shook. And then the next day, she reached out to my wife via text and was like, hey, I just want to reiterate what we talked about yesterday. Freedom's not worth fighting for. Oh. Um, like, it's it's going to lead to more dissidence and, 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 and more frustration and more death. And it's definitely not worth it, so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, mind-blowing. Coming from somebody who was at Tiananmen Square as a yeah. college student yeah. and, like, was Saw there, the tanks, like, running over people. Rolling up, yeah. And then I don't know if she's been like completely brainwashed or if maybe she really does just regret it just because of like the well, horrors I mean, yeah, that she's the saw. amount of death yeah. that you see. I mean, it's not a, it's not gotta an be, adverse that's reaction. gotta be traumatic. Yeah, like, it's not an adverse reaction oh, to something totally. like that. Like, if you actually try to fight for something, it's like a, that's the typical reaction to certain freedom fighters is you try to fight so hard for something, it just fails miserably. You saw all that death for nothing. Yeah. Like, you have no choice but to just kind of assimilate. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like the board. survival Resist- tactic. Yeah. Resistance is futile. But it was it was also just weird that she she became so aggressive and attacking towards my wife to yeah. like being like yeah. no you need to that's the crazy anyway. thing whereas yeah. like we're in the opposite field where it's like freedom like that's freedom yeah <laughs> like your wife should have replied with like, like a bald eagle with a flag waving I, I in the love back. The, the gif of like the guy in like Alabama in <laughs> oh like, yeah yeah shorts, yeah. shorts <laughs> the boots in the wind and like shaking his yeah. hand <laughs> or in the like, middle of a hurricane I yeah. <laughs> like the ones with like it's Abraham Lincoln riding a velociraptor raptor with an ak-47 no 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 no, no. <laughs> you don't understand that's ronald reagan who's riding a velociraptor oh yes that's with what our, it was. well he's holding an rpg if, it, if lincoln is involved in that one no what, what one I no 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 we're lincoln forgetting one. lincoln was a vampire hunter <laughs> he was a vampire hunter but i love those epic president pictures and anyway, yeah, those are so those, funny they're they're my favorite Oh my god. I gosh. love Bill Clinton's. Bill Clinton. <laughs> what was Bill's? Oh, he's he's just got like a big gun, but his like pants are unzipped. Like and, and it has like, like his piece of shirt and, and Monica Lewinsky's like, like wrapped honestly. around his leg. Did, speaking of did you hear how he how he had an interview recently and he openly talked about how like he engaged Oh I watched it. He engaged in that sexual behavior because it was like anxiety relief. Yeah, yeah. It's I like know, I didn't. that makes sense. Like, yeah, a lot of people engage Well he's in... married to Hillary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, well, well okay. red dot on my forehead. Let me just go ahead and I uh, anyway. I, I don't. Th- here's the thing. F Hillary. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't like. I don't condemn Bill Clinton because he was not faithful to his wife. Like how many people in Capitol Hill or powerful places are, are faithful? Yeah. yeah. No, they view sex more as like a power play than oh, anything. Totally. Yeah. But I, I. 
more than anything with Bill, it's just the fact that like he's just so squirrely and yeah. hey, uh, Hillary, what is it? Well, well, I watched that documentary. It's if it's like it's on Hulu. It came out. Oh, last that's weekend. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the whole thing because um, I was really curious to because I always I like to try to find points from all sides and make uh, my own judgments on on any sort of information I found. The strange thing about that documentary, I, and I tried to go in with an open mind. Yeah, like benefit of the doubt. I, I personally I hate Hillary. I think she is a liar. And, uh, and at the time of this recording, Ben is not suicidal. <laughs> yeah, um, just so it's clearly stated. We yeah. don't we don't have that kind of clout. None of us. Are no. su- yeah, she yeah, ain't yeah, listening. No, <laughs> but so I watched the whole thing over the weekend, and basically the entire premise of this five and a half hour documentary is people just don't understand me and weren't ready for me to be in a position of power. That's so not true. Like she blamed everything on everybody else. Like she did like she tries to acknowledge like her faults, but she says that was a mistake because somebody influenced me to do it. I think it'd be different if she said I didn't pick the right people for my campaign because campaign yeah. like no, she I think make it would that. be different if she had ever told the truth in her life. Absolutely. She's she's a freaking liar and it has been for, since the, the beginning. The, and you know what? She will say anything he, to convince you know anyone to to put her in any position of power. And, I don't and, trust and, think out of her mouth. And you know what's crazy ever. is like that feeling is shared among both right and left. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people in the left who are like, oh, I hate Hillary. She yeah. ruined this for us. Like yeah. thanks totally. to her, Trump, like any any competent candidate with the right team could have beat Trump. But she let him like go through like oh, oh no. Goodness. Yeah. And a lot of it was because she didn't campaign in the Rust Belt. Like she wasn't going through Ohio. Mm. Trump won Ohio, won yep. Pennsylvania, won Michigan. Yeah. Trump won one state that she should have had hand, hands down and without any competition. Did you watch the documentary on Netflix that talked about um, the Cambridge Analytica scandal? No. So they reference Cambridge Analytica and like the Facebook stuff. Mm-hmm. They talked about how they sold their data to the Republican Party and used it to market to fence sitters all through the Rust Belt. Oh. And that's how Trump. Well, it wasn't exact like one hundred percent on Trump well, one, but that that was one of the strategies that they'd employed in their in their campaign. And it probably worked, and it did because they just found people. They 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 measured all of their behaviors, all their interactions, the pages they were on, just all those data points that they had on these people, and then they pushed those ads towards them. Vote Trump, vote Trump. Trump's going to save your city. Trump's going to help your job. Trump's going to do X, Y, and Z. And that's what won him the election. He won the battleground states. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's what so it comes the, down to. The, the crazy thing about this whole election cycle this year is, like, you had the easiest jobs. Like, nobody wants get a, to get a competent candidate. Yeah. You had, you, you you're going to freaking because there's, there's a lot of conservatives who are not happy with Trump. No. I am super conservative. I, I think he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what Romney did. Romney was just like, I don't care. I am not voting. Like, yeah. I am voting to impeach. Yeah. Like, um, and, yeah. and like, like, like I would have even voted for a Democrat if it was a competent person. But look who we have now. The two front runners are a communist and a senile old man. Like, heck, I would have voted for Bloomberg. It was uh, Blue, Bloomberg was basically just a Republican in Democrats clothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the fact that he spent five hundred million dollars, like a lot of the main. Oh, I Demo- love all the memes with that. A lot of the a lot of like the main Democratic platform is they want. Uh, they want to like not wealth redistribution, but they just want to help the working class. And Bloomberg was almost like laughable. Like, yeah, he's like, no, I want to protect the rich and yeah. I don't want to protect women. No, I'm not going to drop the NDAs. And 
<laughs> like he was awful. Like I don't. But, but I'm just, just using that as an example. Like he was as actually the only person that had any sort of competent but I agree. experience to pull the job off. They had a golden opportunity if they would have really done their homework there were a lot of fence sitters this yeah. time around because you have mm-hmm. a lot of libertarians and you have a lot of disenfranchised republicans yeah. that were willing to explore the option to vote for somebody on the left if they hit enough points myself included i'm an independent yeah. I, I i was like yeah. I, i'm Where willing I, i'm willing to vote democrat i uh, consider myself conservative but like honestly i hate the republican party and i think they're absolute trash yeah yeah and so like this was a golden opportunity i would love yeah. somebody competent that i feel like i can actually vote for and be happy to vote for and them. the left the, that's the thing i've that... considered vermin supreme just because <laughs> why not like the rat king <laughs> But that if, if if Trump can win, maybe Vermin can. <laughs> well, there's so many towns that have a dog as a mayor because they can't trust any other politician to, exactly. to run. Exactly, he's a good boy. <laughs> maybe that's what we need—the nation's best boy. Somebody or should name girl. themselves Mickey Mouse, <laughs> because he does get so many votes a year. And maybe we could just get some random guy. Like... <laughs> yeah, but uh, but like the the left had candidates who marked the boxes that they need yeah, not that totally. i don't agree with all of them but like for yeah. example Pete Buttigieg yeah gay war veteran uh young charismatic mm-hmm. all right cool Tulsi Gabbard uh less Hin- likely both of these people less likely to die by the coronavirus than the current two <laughs> absolutely mm-hmm. hindu uh uh she was co-chair of the DNC and left during the last election cycle because she felt morally at odds with everything that was yeah. going on mm-hmm. especially with how the DNC had an open bias against Bernie like, Sanders yeah. uh-huh. so she was like I felt sick and I couldn't do it and I left yeah. so she didn't leave the party she just stepped down from the chair um, but you mm-hmm. had her, and she's a war veteran, mm-hmm. super charismatic, mm-hmm. and is not necessarily my favorite, but still like Andrew Yang, young Asian uh, businessman. Uh, I actually kind of liked him. Yang was Yang was Yang went on almost every conservative platform and talked with people and did pretty well to defend his points of view and at the same and if you're willing and that's one of the things honestly that i would i want more out of a president is someone who's willing to go and talk to the other side because guess what trump doesn't and you know what (laughs) and he's just a dick and an a-hole and and just like rubs everybody the wrong way and one thing that i will say out of the two people that are left bernie's going to be way more likely to go talk with people on the other side Oh, totally why because bernie wasn't a democrat for all these years bernie was an independent Mm mm-hmm so Bernie has a higher likelihood of doing it. I, I, Joe, I will Biden, say... Joe Biden doesn't even know what his party stands for right now. <laughs> he doesn't Joe even Bi- know he's running for president. Joe, Joe doesn't even know where he is right now. <laughs> like, and I feel bad making fun of somebody because their age and, and whatnot. But like, who thought this was a good idea to let this oh. dude like, ru- like run for president? Dude, just get back in your rocker. <laughs> Seriously, like, like, dude, that video that leaked about the Second Amendment guy? Yeah. yeah. And he told, like, what did he tell him? Like, he's a dumbass? Or, yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're, you're dumb you're as so shit? You're so full of crap. Yeah, you're full of, yeah, he's like, listen here, you're full of shit. No, that's not how it is. And, like, I oh just went off gosh. on him. And everybody's just like, Joe, stop, stop, Joe, yeah. Joe, you oh can, no. You can oh tell no. that this isn't the first time this has happened either. But he had those problems and he was the vice president because he would start saying too much and they're like, Joe, Joe, stop, Sh- cut stop. Cut it, cut it, cut it, yeah. cut it, cut it, yeah. I'm, I think Joe from like 30 years ago would have been better, but like he's just he, he's, he, as as how, he is today. Yeah, you think Trump's he, bad he with his it. Twitter fingers? What if Biden is just like, <laughs> how does this Periscope thing work? Oh, okay. Oh, what's this memo about Area 51? Oh, oh, whoops! Like you can't trust him with any national security at all. 
Yeah. Um, and well, people said the same thing about Trump too. That's true, and Trump's still kicking. So, <laughs> but Bern, Bernie's, but I, like. I, I can't. I can't in my right mind vote for, vote for Bernie. Either. I don't. So I don't. Bern, I don't. For know. me, Bernie is a, a two double edged sword. Like I like the things that he talks about, as far as like trying to find truth and be able to like yeah. actually do things the right way. It's just mm-hmm. the right way to him is something I completely it's definitely don't. the wrong way the, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. The thing about Bernie is he is consistent. He is consistent. Is you true. know what you're getting with him. He's not this wild card. At least I hope he isn't. I mean, well, the thing is, his ideas are wild card. His, his ideas, <laughs> he's not a wild card, but his his the things that he wants to implement are wild card ish. Well, they would they would be something that has never really been tried before. I'm I'm at the point now where if he got elected, I would let him have a chance of fixing the healthcare system because it is like our healthcare system is severely damaged and. We have issues to where our healthcare costs are so high, like people can't take care of themselves. If we can get if affordable, if a, um, a Medicare for all works, okay, cool. Like let's get it through. If somebody ha- else had a better solution as far as honing in the insurance companies, getting all that taken care of, I think that would help out a lot. But unfortunately, it is a little bit extreme and he just, he wants to tax and he talks about going after the wealth and the billionaires. It's just, mm-hmm. it's too divisive because those people, those rich people, whether you want to admit it or not, they're the ones helping employ people. Yeah. They're the ones with the capital to invest it back into the economy. Mm-hmm. So, and like, how do we, like, where do we have the right to put a cap on like how much money a person should be able to generate? I don't think so. It's just one of those moral conundrums that we kind of have to solve and figure out. It's well, like, like, so I'm a, a firm believer that, like, things are self-correcting. Yeah. Um, we're just in an era where we've had a lot of economic success. I mean, the, the, the top ten companies of the country right now are not the same top ten companies that existed even 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's continually in flux. Like the top one percent is not the same people that were there. 25 years ago like this is all in flux yeah and so um the best types of companies are going to be the ones that eventually take care of their constituents to take care of their people those are the ones that people are willing to go to and work for um and we can see that happening a lot of people flood fled to amazon because they're paying high but now they're paying like crap and so now they're going to run to other companies and so like this this stuff doesn't change overnight that's what people are wanting. We want instant gratification, instant satisfaction, instant change, and that just doesn't happen. It just it swings back and forth, when and you, you kind of find where that equilibrium is. And you know what's dangerous is because Bernie advocated with a lot of the Amazon workers to get it to where they give them fifteen an hour. So now Amazon pays no less than fifteen dollars per yeah, hour. Yeah, but they took away all their Christmas bonuses to do so. Correct. And the other thing too, that's just a company. That's not the entire economy. Yeah. And when you, it's been proven statistically, when you put a price floor in, like. Uh, like a minimum wage, it messes with your market and it yeah. bumps up the prices on everything. Yeah. And it's just a shift upward. It's really all it is. Yeah. And $15 an hour will not be sustainable for anyone so to now, live off of. Yeah, yeah. So now every single thing that you depend on. It's artificial inflation. Now it's just going to go up in price because yeah. the, it's going to adjust for it. I mm-hmm. that was I think that was something that Andrew Yang didn't want to acknowledge with the UBI. Yeah. He was optimistic that the market wouldn't, wouldn't go up in price. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's if they, insane. If they, if they, look, if they, look at a college campus. I mean, in the last five, uh, 10 years, d- tuition has almost doubled. Yeah. Um, and that's because you have like, you have all this free money that basically is thrown at you. 
Yeah. And that's how these people get $80,000 in debt is because it's just like, here, take a loan, take a loan, take a loan, take a take loan. It. Take like, it. Like, first day I showed up to college, they were offering me $15,000 in, 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 in subsidized loans. loans. Yeah. On day one. And you're like, Ugh. that literally was just as easy as a click of a button. Mind you, a lot of these kids that are taking loans are, in a sense, like, yeah, they're adults, but yeah, they're I've, also. I've, I've never seen $15,000 in my bank like, account. Mo- like, those kids probably don't even have a credit card half the time. They're yeah. just like, Sure, yeah, a big loan. Like, mm. do you even, do you pay for a car? Have you paid for a house? Like, do you have anything, like, on loan right now? Like, do you know what you're getting yourself into? A lot yeah. of people don't. But, but by giving this money out, and it creates a, a virtual um, guaranteed income. And that's why all this tuition has skyrocketed the way that it has. Yeah. Is because it's like UBI. It's guaranteed money. Yeah, and so these companies, they know when they're going, when they're in their boardrooms figuring out, well, what do we do now? How are we going to pitch this product? They know with the consumer, they're like, oh, these households now have an extra, if it's a household with the mom and dad, uh, an extra, what, how much was it Yang wanted to give out? $1,000 a month? So mm-hmm. mom and dad get $2,000 extra to spend a month. Oh, you best believe we're going to bump up the price on these yeah. products. Yeah. yeah, It's the same thing with government contracts. Yeah. Like, the, you can get, you can charge almost 100% more for government contracts because it's like guaranteed, it's like free money. Because it's government, we can be like, oh yeah, uh, we're going to charge you. Like, um, I think it, there was a there was a, a, a document that leaked from Northrop Grumman where like a $5 bolt, they were charging 1400 bucks to the government. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, like so, $800 hammers. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what they do. One of my friends works, uh, works on base. I uh, actually saw him when I was back in Ohio. He works at uh, Wright Pat and... He was he he was talking about a lot of the you know, just the nature of government purchases and stuff like that, and he talked about like yeah the prices are a lot and the crazy thing is that efficiency is not is not, not a, a principle no because you have you need to use all of your allotted budget or else you will not get more money in the next yeah. year. Whereas most of us are thinking yeah maybe you should use it efficiently and then we reward you next yeah. time around but no that's not the way it works is that you have well, to use the budget just, like making the bureaucracy easier enough that if you need require more budget that you lose it's there it's yeah. there because yeah. that's the hard part is you don't want to lose it because it's so hard to request new budget like like even in regular industries like if you need an extra person like trying to go through the process to be able to hire an extra head in a department is near impossible well and, and he also talked about like the other big thing that was the talk around you know a, a lot of the public sector so there was a cloud computing contract that came up for uh, the Pentagon, big contract, and it was between Amazon and Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft won the bid, and then uh, Amazon decided to take it to court um, and told the judge, like, no, the offer's bullcrap, there's inconsistencies, you need to throw it out and give us the contract. And the government, like, the, the, the judge was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, there are inconsistencies with the price point, and that was it. It was just like like that, and boom. Like we're talking so much money going into that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like how how do you pin pinpoint down accurate prices yeah. with a government contract? It's it's really like that's that's something really tough to to rein in. But oh, fellas, we've we, been talking for almost three hours. <laughs> two hours and twenty nine minutes. Uh, I'm sure we could go on for forever, but probably I'm getting could. tired. I, I do kind of need to get home. I've been getting texts text from, from my wife. wife, like, "Where are you? Get home now!" She's like it's bedtime, honey. I am saving the she world. She doesn't from have corona. school tomorrow. 
It's true. She doesn't have school tomorrow, but <laughs> wow. my wife, she goes to bed at 11. She yeah. has to be asleep at 11. If she's yeah. not, her like brain function dies off. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I haven't had more than three hours of sleep in one night in probably a month and a half. Then that's a problem. It yeah. is. Well, that's not true. About every three days, I finally get coronavirus. Going to get you. Well, like every every Hi, corona. Every three or four days, I can finally sleep eight hours. But between then, I can only get three hours of sleep a night. Wow, dude, that's um, nuts. So it's been bad. The TL the TLDR of this uh, is we have no idea what the hell is going on. The TLDR <laughs> is D and D is fun. Coronavirus bad. Economics. Uh, health. Uh, uh, politics. politics suck <laughs> and we uh, just want somebody to do the job right but yeah every, and as as a side note i just I, I would like to throw in we all need to smile more yes yeah we should have fun well, yeah we, I, I, like i said i honestly greatly appreciated the little detour we took with D for an hour and a half absolutely that like t- it's been a real rough couple of days for everybody, it's just panic. It's widespread and, panic. And remembering it's so nice to remember the goofy, weird times that you kill a dragon with an aqualung spell, <laughs> and your little imaginary world. Well, yeah. I will say with the with the also current release of a recent release of uh, the Master Chief Collection on PC, mm-hmm. uh, reliving the glory days of Halo with my brothers has been quite quite enjoyable. Call of Duty's been lit. Yeah, dude, uh, my I I played. Uh, I've been playing through Halo 1 with my wife watching, uh-huh. and she's fascinated by the story and is oh, like, yeah. involved yes. in watching it. And I'm it's like, a good story. I know. It's a great story. And she's like, I thought Halo was just a dumb game. Oh, wait till like, no. she gets to Halo 2. Ooh. Yeah. I know, with Arbiter. So, Arbiter. Well, yeah, like, so they released the Master Chief Clash, starting with Halo Reach, which is the worst one. And I, I thought it was, I enjoyed that one. Well, compared yeah. to all of them. I didn't like uh, it. It's not much. the best one. It's for not sure. the best one. Three's but the they, best in my opinion. But they just released the first uh, one for Halo, like Master Chief Collection on PC. I'm a big and fan I am, of two. To be I'm yeah, two's so really good too. That like I, I started. I, I, I'm rationing myself. I played the first mission, <laughs> and then I kind of sit there, and then I, I'll start the second mission. <laughs> I'm think I'm considering doing a PC build, and if I do, I'd probably play a lot of Reach. Just to try to get back into it. Mm, and, yeah. and three, I loved three. I I, I, I actually liked four a lot. Four was better than I ever expected, but I, I yeah. keep jumping back into uh, my anyway. Uh, Silent Cartographer and Library yeah. and Halo One are my two favorite levels. Yeah, and well, uh, the Silent Cartographer is like one of the best missions ever <sighs> in video games. I love that mission. What was Silent? What what happened? That's, That's the level one where level two in Halo duh, One. Duh, you're coming in on the Pelican and you land on the beach and you get into the fight firefight on the beach and then oh. they drop off a warthog and you jump in the warthog and you got a bunch of Marines in the yes. back and you run around on the island and then it gets really up. quiet because like you start entering the entering you the facility. Inside. Yeah, it's great. And then you got to activate the cartographer. There's two of them. And then the real lore starts kicking. You're like, what the heck is actually going on? Yeah. Yeah. And then on your way out, that's the first time you come across what me and my friends always call the Goldilocks, which is a golden elite that has the beam sword. Oh, yes. And, yes but yes. he's like right around the corner. And if you're smart, you've saved one rocket for right when you come around <laughs> that corner, you hit him in the face with it and it kills him. And then you always try to get the warthog in as deep as you can into the facility. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? And then there's all those hunters. It's the first time that you discover that you can actually shoot a hunter in the back. And I kill it with... love hunters. Yeah, dude. That I, I'm, I'm so, like, it's all coming back. So now. many like, sleepovers oh. playing Halo for hours. Dude, on the, the remastered Halo Two was a just a Fantastic. masterpiece. It was so amazing. Beautiful. I loved it. But it was a good point that you brought up, Ben. That like 
yeah, with the widespread panic going on, we got to stay positive. We got to. Well, that was you know, that was Stewart. Oh, Stewart. I'm sorry. Hey, it's all good. We're all S- sorry, Stewie. Didn't no, do ah! not Stewart. Do Stewart. not call Stewart. him Stewie. <laughs> He's just chuck this now. Like you we were went, just getting on his good side. Well, like I went to I went to Target earlier, and like yeah, a lot of the stuffs off the shelves were like a lot of people were just like walking around, and you know, mm-hmm. yes, people were still buying stuff as if we were going to die, but. Still just pleasant walking around, you know, and then I'm, you know, I drove a friend, uh, one of my friends is in town um, and, you know, we drove around, we got food and, you know, you see people driving and boom, that's it. So stay positive, everyone. Don't suck and uh, smile, help and, your neighbor and smile. And then also wash your hands. Don't be stupid. Don't breathe on people. Don't cough. Don't breathe. Uh, don't think. Don't act. Don't speak. Freedom is useless. You should just stay inside and play <laughs> board games. Yes, <laughs> tabletop uh, games, board tabletop game. board games, play the board games, Dude, Discord, or the video games. Discord is about to go off the charts now. They're oh, like yeah. everybody being stuck inside. They're like, we can't handle this traffic. We could play D and D through Discord. <sighs> I'm down. We can actually the coronavirus could we campaign. Even, could we... <laughs> Matt, Matt's, a zombie campaign. Matt's really oh. good at running online D and D campaigns, especially because when you do like video and audio is just crisp. It's good stuff. Uh-huh. I think we're on to something. Could we record it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. Easily. All we have to do is just send the audio from the computer out into the recording interface. and uh-huh. Oh, it could happen. I think we're sensing a side This might project. be. I think we're going to be collaborating. No, this, this may be a thing. Anyway, I know, oh. Stuart, we, we, we have to send you on your way. And, yeah, and Ben. My wife's going to kill me. But uh, thanks for coming on the show, Ben and Stuart. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure to share this with your friends. Uh, you have plenty of time to listen because, you know. <laughs> you ain't working. Because you ain't working. You ain't going shopping. Uh, remember to like, comment, share, subscribe. Share this with a friend. Uh, send us some love on any of the platforms that you like, like Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, SoundCloud, our host, and our sponsor, Cheez Its. <laughs> they're not. They're sponsor? not. Our, they're not our sponsor. Have you ever actually even gotten a cent from this thing? Nope. Dude, you have to. Get, <laughs> you have to get crazy numbers to get monetized. Uh, but it'd be. This is still fun. I don't put the. Oh, work. Yeah. We I have a lot of fun doing this. This is the fun thing. This is my hobby. Like I've put in an. Like I have a good amount of streams, but it's not enough to get monetized. It and might be kind of fun. Maybe maybe we could make some merch for you. Maybe. We could make oh, T-shirts. Yeah, the Nameless Podcast. Yeah, because the Corona. <laughs> I Corona. Um, on the back. Yeah, so that's going to be the, the theme song, t- by the way, I for the corona. intro. <laughs> And then everybody's going to be like, that's just not funny. Don't don't laugh about that. Um, but uh, yeah, folks, we are signing off. We'll